0: Danielle
1: McCartan, Sports Radio,
2: 101.9 FM, the band. WFAN. Welcome, everybody, to McCartan After Midnight. Good morning, good night, good evening, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan After Midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports, you guys, until 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps or... Maybe you're in a rideshare home, or maybe you're a snow plower ready to plow the snow coming in for our next second snowstorm in seven days. Maybe just doing whatever. Hey, uh, Nick and I, we're working, too. We're coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. Again, that is Nick behind the glass. He's taking your calls tonight, 877-337-6666. Let's load them up with your best content only. Please, everybody, and thank you. And guess what? It is Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. I feel like this is like Christmas morning, and you guys are in, in such luck tonight. I've got such a cool guest for you guys. Um If you've been tuned to my social media channels this week at all, (laughs) that's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. You know that I dropped three clues in order for you guys to try and guess who it is. In case you missed it and maybe you want to try to figure it out now, clue one was I wrote 2020. I put in a plane emoji and then an arrow pointing to a pirate flag emoji. That was supposed to get you to guess that in 2020, this player started out on the Jets and is now with the Buccaneers. Clue two was the hashtag Super Bowl with the special NFL Super Bowl logo emoji that comes up. And clue three was the phrase current player. And many of you guys did guess it. Good for you. I'm excited to announce that current defensive tackle for the NFC champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will join us at 440. This morning, this Super Bowl Sunday morning, then in the three o'clock hour, McCartan after midnight's beatboxing returns with an extra special Super Bowl edition. I've got T.J. Reeves of the Tampa Bay Bucks radio network taking on Alex Gold, who is the co-host of the afternoon drive show on our sister station, 610 a.m. Sports Radio, Kansas City, the radio home of the Chiefs. Don't forget that you guys also have input in picking a Listener's Choice winner in my live Twitter poll. So that is going to be within the 3 o'clock hour. So while we're here with two feet of snow on the ground, expecting up to eight more inches today... Starting by 7 a.m. this morning, right now there's a wind chill of, what, 29 degrees right now? The forecast for kickoff in Tampa is some beach, Blake Shelton, 67 degrees, with a 4% chance of precipitation. Good for them. They might even need to wear a light jacket to the game. There exists an age-old question among those who study physics. What happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? Perhaps their question will be answered later today on this Super Bowl Sunday when the red-hot, flashy Kansas City Chiefs collide with the rock-steady Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are on the precipice of kicking down, busting down the door of becoming the NFL's next dynasty. And in fact, they're looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl winners since guess who? Tom Brady's 2003-2004 New England Patriots. And who do they have to defeat later today in order to notch their team's names and name in the NFL history books? None other than the conductor of the old dynasty, who may just be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football, Tom Brady. Following his compass, it's a new look, a new team, and a new city for Brady. But in his first season in donning the red, white, and pewter, it's the same result. We joked last week that people in this pandemic are clamoring for the world to return to normalcy. But they didn't mean, they did not mean, that they wanted to see Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl after a one-season absence. We will be, though, everyone, witnessing history in the making. What an achievement. Brady is alone in being the NFL player with the most Super Bowl rings in his jewelry box, or more likely a biometrically lockable vault, which is what I would have, And later today, he's playing for his seventh ring, looking to further solidify his position atop the annals of the National Football League's history books. The quarterback with the most rings behind him, Joe Montana with four. Brady is set to start in his 10th Super Bowl, the first ever player to do so. Should his Buccaneers be victorious later today, on this Super Bowl Sunday, he will become the first player over 40 years old in North American sports to win a championship with multiple teams. Furthermore, to quote a stanza from the great American poet Emily Dickinson, forever is composed of nows. Tis not a different time, except for infiniteness and latitude of home. Time is not infinite in an NFL player's career, but rather finite. And later today, we will witness the 43-year-old GOAT, greatest of all time, Tom Brady, welcoming The 25-year-old kid, Patrick Mahomes, to his home in Tampa Bay, Florida. No, this is not old McDonald's Super Bowl. X marks the spot not on his goat farm, but on Raymond James Stadium. Mahomes and his Chiefs are well-equipped with a veteran deckhands, most of whom were part of the team in last year's Super Bowl when the Chiefs, in their conquest, captured the 49ers, and Mahomes was crowned MVP, Super Bowl MVP. The phrase, run it back, has been well expressed in Chiefs Kingdom throughout this entire season. Run it back in terms of winning a second consecutive Super Bowl title. And run it back in terms of Mahomes winning his second consecutive Super Bowl MVP award. Is it possible? Well, many would argue that it's probable. But not so fast, says Captain Brady with his five Super Bowl MVP titles, most in NFL history, might I add. His first, or at... not so fast as Brady and his jolly first mate, Rob Gronkowski, and his own fleet of treasure-hunting deckhands, all of whom, by the way, are looking to avenge their Week 12 three-point loss to those same Chiefs. At this Super Bowl, for the first time ever, a team will be eating their own home cooking, their own polywana crackers, <laughs> and waking up as quartermasters in their own beds a little later this morning. Land ho. The Kansas City Chiefs flew to Tampa aboard two vessels of the sky, one landing at Tampa at uh, a Tampa International Airport at 4:30 p.m. Saturday. The other landing at 4:55 p.m. Saturday. That according to Sports Aviation and right on cue, the TV in, in the studio here is showing the the, the um the Chiefs deplaning. Andy read first. Shortly thereafter, They assume their quarters in the same hotel in which they stayed after their week 12 narrow victory in Tampa. The two flights, of course, are due to pandemic protocols. And speaking of, really, it's truly amazing that the NFL was able to successfully navigate an entire season, mostly undisturbed, in a -a once-in-a-generation pandemic. Truly a new world. For this, for our ability to watch the big game later today, one must give credit For Commissioner Roger Goodell, who installed the league's health and safety initiatives. To the players who, for the most part, abided by them. On down to the lab technicians who turned around the test results expeditiously. And of course, to the healthcare heroes who have worked tirelessly for the past year. Without a total team effort to navigate the high seas during this pandemic, we all would not be where we are today. So there, marooned in Tampa Bay, will be 7,500 vaccinated healthcare heroes from around the country in attendance. Plus, the unscrupulous ticket sellers on the secondary market selling their tickets to swashbuckling scallywags who will pay a grand galleon to attend. And in fact, as of Saturday evening when I checked, the cheapest tick avail- ticket available costs $5,016. Not too shabby? Tickets are being sold in pods, by the way, to maintain social distancing. As you know, if you're a fan of the show, you know that I am 10-2 and 2 in my playoff predictions this year. I, of course, will have for you my Super Bowl analysis, bets, and prediction, based upon the hours of research as you've come to expect from me. But for what it's worth right now, I pulled you guys on Twitter on Saturday. And 32% of you guys think that the Buccaneers will be walking the plank on that ship in Raymond James Stadium, which, do the math, means that 68% of you guys believe the Chiefs will be hoisting the Pirates' booty, the Lombardi Trophy. Ahoy, mateys! Also, throughout my program, and I'm very excited for this. You guys know I like, like you know, really enjoy music. All of the music you're going to hear coming out of breaks will be by Super Bowl performers. The weekend, who's obviously doing the halftime show. And Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan, who are the National Anthem Singers. So, by the way, in case you didn't know, kickoff is at 6.30 p.m. on CBS. And this is interesting. It's streaming via the CBS All Access, if you pay for that app already. And it's streaming for free on CBSSports.com. I'd be interested to see the breakdown of the numbers of viewers that each category, um, you know, how many people watched based on each of those three different avenues to watch you know, after the game, who consumed the game in which manner? So maybe that could be something that that we discuss next week. But more locally, there has been some non-news on the Mets front, of course, and that being Trevor Bauer. The
1: I Mets fans.
2: I'm speaking to you directly. I have a feeling that you guys are not taking Katy Perry's song to heart and labeling Trevor Bauer as the one that got away. In fact, only 3% of you guys that voted in my Twitter poll earlier Saturday morning said you were heartbroken. I used the word heartbroken. That he signed with the Dodgers. Conversely, 56% of you said that you were, and I used the word, relieved. Yes, the Mets dodged a huge bullet on this one. You heard it here. Right here, from the very beginning, I did not want nor recommend that the Mets sign Trevor Bauer. All along, I've called him a want and not a need for that team, borrowing a phrase from my dad, of course. Nevertheless, Trevor Bauer is an L.A. Dodger on a massive contract. In fact, for this upcoming season, Bauer has the highest annual contract value of any Major League Baseball player, edging Trout by about $3 million. Mike Trout, that is. The Dodger deal is structured as follows three years, $102 million. That could be a one year, $40 million contract as it contains player opt outs after both 2021 and 2022. So this season, Bowers is uh, ready to make $40 million. Should he stay on in 2022, he's making $45 million. And in 2023, he's set to make $17 million something tells me he's going to be opting out before that year. Does the addition of Bauer anoint the Dodgers as having the best rotation in all of baseball? Well, maybe. They have three Cy Young winners in that rotation. David Price, Clayton Kershaw, three times, by the way, and Bauer. Teams with three former Cy Young starters over the last 25 years, few and far between the 2021 Dodgers, the 2014 Tigers, 2019 Giants, 2001 Red Sox, 2000 Yankees, that was Clemens, Clemens Gooden, and Cohn. And then, of course, the Braves of 97, 98, 99, 2001, and 2002. So that's it. Just a few of them, though. Seriously. Last week, I told you that Sport Track, or Spot Track, I'm sorry, estimated his value to be at $29.2 million annually this is a gross overpayment by the Los Angeles Dodgers who now are in the worst position right now by far in the league in terms of luxury tax payroll with Bauer on their books right now at 216 in the morning on Super Bowl Sunday they are 29 million dollars over the limit for 2021 this sounds like a huge gamble on a guy who had a great season let's be honest a great season in 11 starts during a 60-game shortened season with a weak schedule. I also told you last week, if you listen closely, I said this. This is a quote. I said, keep in mind that Bauer is from North Hollywood, and he went to college at UCLA, which is not far away. So he seems like a little bit of a homebody. I told you that last week, and here we are now. Trevor Bauer, you're going back to Hollywood. The third option, by the way, in my poll was, I used the word annoyed. 41% 41% of you said that you were annoyed that Bauer signed with the Dodgers. And I'd like to explore that a little deeper tonight. But here are some of the online reactions in the meantime. At Sachin Roklani said, With how he handled things in the end, I think it's good that he didn't end up here. Can't treat a fan base like that. Disgusting. At Flies Charlie says, I am both annoyed and relieved. Annoyed that he used the Mets but relieved that a mediocre pitcher is not worth $40 million a year. And a third reaction is from at Shimori R. He said he would have crumbled in the New York market. And no, L.A. is not a comparable market in terms of scrutiny. But furthermore, everybody, I then ask you, hypothetically, if Trevor Bauer has a Cy Young season or a Cy Young caliber season and decides to opt out after 2021, in which would presumably would be a much-improved financial climate in the MLB and hopefully with a new CBA in place, would you welcome him on to your Mets? Or maybe even how about your Yankees? That wasn't the question, though. But I'll hear from you tonight, Yankees fans, if you'd like. Bauer's agent Rachel Luba went on damage control immediately, in my opinion, with a tweet that said, Mets fans, y'all will forever hold a special place in my heart. Thanks for all the memes and photoshops. She put a blue heart and then an orange heart, and said, you can hate us, but we still love you. Mm -hmm. Weird. Perhaps an emotional vote on my poll. That might have been too soon, but it went exactly how I expected it to. I asked you if Trevor Bauer puts up another year like like he did last year, are you welcoming him back onto your team or to your team? 85% of Mets fans said, hell no. That leaves, what, 15% of Mets fans saying, yes, he's among the best. Hollywood Bauer picked a market to expand his presence. There is no doubt in my mind that that did not factor into his, quote-unquote, decision. His social media presence, his announcement video, and his troll job. It's been done in other sports, but is it right for baseball? We could discuss that tonight. Major League Baseball's seemingly incapacity to market its stars forcing them to take it upon themselves to do so if they so choose. The Mets offer to Bauer, by the way, at least for 2021, was would have been $40 million. If that tells you anything, it's that they are willing to exceed the luxury tax threshold. And that may have just played right into Jackie Bradley Jr.'s favor, though. So what's next for the Mets? What's next for the Yankees? Who is my recommendation to fill the rotation spot that Steven Matz vacated and that Trevor Bauer opted not to take? Well, I'll fill you in tonight. And, of course, it's Super Bowl Sunday. So lots to do tonight, lots to get to. I have set the table for you guys. It is time to eat. I cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan After midnight on the fan in New York City.
3: Get ready for Super Bowl 55. It's Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Bucks, and Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs. And we've got full-color coverage and all the play-by-play. Tonight at 6.30 with our pregame coverage underway at 2 p.m. Exclusively on The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. I've been, I've been on my own.
2: Show me how to love, maybe. Oh, yeah, we got The Weeknd. This is uh, probably the most recognizable song by The Weeknd. He will be kicking off the halftime show at Super Bowl 55. Probably, I'm going to guess with this song, sir. If you're in like a, like a you know, one of those prop bet things, go with this one. Go with this one. What is one food that you guys have to have while watching the Super Bowl? Yeah, I know. I told you last week, I usually have the party. I'm not doing it this year, but... There's the baked ziti, the sandwiches, the bagel bites, the pigs in a blanket, the potato skins, all that. I know. But for me, it's the Carvel football cake with the crunchies all over it. As you guys know, I'm not having that party, but I still might go ahead and get myself that cake because it's that good. You know, the football with the crunchies. You know the one? You know the one. I might go buy it just for myself. (laughs) All right, let's hit the calls. 877-337-6666 is the number leading us off tonight. Always in the order that you guys call is Kevin in Camden. You're on the fan.
4: What's up, Coach? Hey, Kevin. I want to give you my prediction. Um, Super Bowl. Okay. I think it's going to be 31-28 Chiefs.
2: Ooh, you're going with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. What? And I'm
4: going to – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to
2: say, what what made you pick them?
4: Because, I mean – Mahomes has had an um, unbelievable season. I know he was out a couple weeks, but his play was like—I think he stepped it up another level this year. Mm-hmm. And I and I think honestly, I think we're going to see a passing of the tr- of the torch from the teacher Brady to the student Mahomes. It could. That, be. I've, I've been reading the past few weeks about the uh, go in the future go. I think we're going to see the passing of the torch. No offense to Steve McClendon, I know, you know all the love with him being a former Jet, but I think. That it's going to be the Chiefs' year.
2: All right. Well, let's see.
4: But I am going to say this about Trevor Bauer. Please. I've been reading all week on Twitter about all the, me- well, not all week. The last couple, the last like two days. <laughs> oh, the me- same old Max. Oh, they didn't do this. Like, come on, people. Really? I wouldn't sign Bauer for that. Are you kidding me? No. Nah. 40- $40 million the first year. Please. What? <laughs> With his-, his antics and then that social, that, that video. Oh. Couldn't stand it. The whole video, he was
2: trolling. All those different jerseys he made. He didn't even have enough until the end of the video. Where he Kevin, was... the, you watched it, though, didn't you? Yeah, I saw Yeah, it, course, I did, you know. too. That's the thing. That's it a thing. Remi-
4: it, it reminded me of when LeBron did Yes. It. Yep. And, I, and that's one of the reasons why I do not like LeBron. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> and the same way. Bauer, he and Trevor Bauer, the two athletes that... They just don't play. They just have everything has to do with media marketing and all that. I'm like, give me a break, well, please. See, that's please, Kevin. I
2: wanted, me wanted me to go me. there tonight. I really wanted to go there. You know, about this media marketing thing, about these guys making their own markets for themselves. You yeah, know, I, I, I thought the video was cheesy, but I, I like what he. I like the engagement that he generates on social media. I have to yeah, say,
4: and I, I, I don't wish him. You know, I wish him the best, but. You know, do, do I think the Mets made a mistake? No, I, I don't think they
2: did. Yeah, yeah. getting back to that, the Mets did not make a mistake. If you're a Met fan, you're like, you're, you're heartbroken. If you're one of those 3% of people in my poll that voted that you were heartbroken, I don't know what to tell I you. I was not. <laughs> but
4: real quick, I want—I know this is what I, I wasn't going to mention, but the Derek Rose rumors, I mean, people are, I mean, I don't get why people are hating it. The Knicks fans are acting like the Knicks are going to give up the form for him. Mm. I mean, he's 32, 33. The Knicks, you guys really think you're going to give up a lot for Derrick Rose? I mean, really? What? Maybe Frank Nilakina? What has he done? Nothing. If you're going to give up stuff, you know, him for Rose, do it. As long as you don't give up a first round pick, do it. Yeah, and, and, yeah I mean, and, oh, you mean I'm a future first round pick. It. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, Alfred Payton. Well, for Peyton's not doing nothing for me, Yeah, no. Peyton, so Peyton can go. Neil Akina can go. Knox yep. can go. Well, with maybe that not too. Knox, yep. but maybe in that order. I would send, uh, and, and thanks for the call there, Kevin. And we could thanks, talk, Coach. We could talk some Knicks, too. But in that order, if Derrick Rose is going to come, and, and Kevin alerted me to this, and th- this could be breaking news during the show. We're going to keep our eyes on our Twitter feeds, you guys included, okay, because i got a lot going on here. Um, but if Derrick Rose does, in fact, become a Nick tonight, um, I'd be okay with Neil Akina going. I'd be okay with um and but I don't know why they would want Nilakina or why they would want you know I, I would do um Nilakina for sure. I would try to keep Kevin Knox, but I would be I would not be heartbroken again to use that word if if he if he went. Derrick Rose, he's a veteran. If you saw what he was doing with uh Tyrese Halliburton, uh the rookie, obviously, that they drafted this year, um, you know, they've, he's done great work with him. He's taken him under his wing. He's taught him the way, you know, the whole thing. So he could be good. I mean, the Knicks are a pretty young team, so he could be good, uh, a good influence on a guy like Obi Toppin, who's struggling, or a guy like Emmanuel Quigley, who, uh, by the way, I picked before the season started to be uh, the, um, the rookie of the year in the NBA. If only he could see the court more. I mean, I don't know what Thibodeau is doing. In order for him to get better, he's got to see the court. But maybe Rose will grant them that flexibility. Maybe, maybe Emmanuel Quickly, he's trying to get Emmanuel Quickly more playing time by getting Rose, who would maybe anchor like that that second shift of players. You don't know. You don't know what the plan is. But that would be a, a reunification of Thibodeau and and Rose for sure. I guess I'd be okay with it as long as, again, it's contingent. Like like the the Tyone deal. Remember? Uh when the news broke late that Saturday night? I was okay with it. You had to see what the Yankees were giving up to get him first. And when that came out Sunday morning when I opened my eyes, or Sunday yeah, well, afternoon when I opened my eyes, I was like, oh, deal. Absolute deal. So we'll see with this Derrick Rose thing um, how it plays out, if it plays out, and what the Knicks end up giving up in order to get him. Because um, as Kevin pointed out, he's he's a little older. Well, 32. I'm 32. I mean, it's not that old. But for the NBA, I guess I guess it kind of is old. But then you look at like LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know all right let's go to mike in Blovell. you're on the fan
5: oh hi hi um hi danielle i just want to thank you for tweeting me back. i sent you a tweet uh a message on twitter you tweeted me back about calling the show i said i'm very impressed first time
2: oh yeah mike i, I answer everybody i'm glad you called in this week
5: yes no problem no problem um and It was my birthday that passed this week. On I'm a Groundhogs baby, February second. Oh, I happy birthday! And, and oh, thank you. And thank your you. present I is want, a six
2: more weeks of winter, I guess. Yeah,
5: I'm predicting six more weeks. <laughs> i I just want to make a point, you know, about the Super Bowl. I, even though I'm a Patriot fan, um, I got a little kid. Um, I called during the summer to um Joe and um. Oh. To Joe and um, Evan, and I told him I'm a Patriot Astro fan, which is true, but I beca- I'm 58. I became a Patriot and Astro fan in 1980. I like started to like both teams, mm. so I'm not a front runner. <laughs> 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 I-, I can prove it. I like the Wizards, so that kind of proves it right there. Right?
1: Gotcha.
5: Yeah, my brother made a point. He said that. You know your two teams have been accused of cheating. The Wizards, are, even if the Wizards, are so big, if they cheated when it helped <laughs> You
2: know uh, that was a thought that crossed my mind, but I didn't want to go there tonight. <laughs> what do you want to say about
5: the, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, about the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, yeah, about the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm I'm predicting 31 20. I hope it's 31 28, but my numbers are one and eight. But I'm predicting 31 20. Kansas City, um, Kansas City, uh, and also I think in the Super Bowl. What do you think? I think that. The Chiefs are going to count across them and, and maybe try to run at first to try to fool um, Tam, Tampa because everybody's expecting them to pass. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. And and Mike and uh, did you want to make a baseball point before you go? Yes. Okay, yes,
5: go ahead. sure. Oh, I'm, I also about the Astros. Yeah. Um, we we resigned um, we resigned um, Mickey Brantley, which is which is good. We lost Springer, but we, we you know the high on Miles Screw. Are you familiar with him? I'm not. Oh, he's supposed to be very good. Okay. Slapped, but they said they should require reacquire Colin McHugh. I, my brother doesn't think it's a good idea. What's your opinion on that?
2: You know, Mike. I and thanks for the call there. I, I I don't know much about McHugh. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, really much at all. Um, I haven't really seen his name come up in in any discussions. So uh, I might have to get back to you on that. If you tweet me again, I can I could definitely get back to you on that. Um, and and as far as the the game plan, the game strategy. For the Kansas City Chiefs, you think, Mike? You think they're going to be coming out running the ball? Um, I don't know. I don't know because I think if you're the if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to want to come out and and throw the ball at this defense. I don't think you're going to get much on the ground, especially against that that fearsome front four of Sue and JPP, and we've heard the names all week, right? So maybe to open up the pass, they could start run run. They're going to run, be running some jet sweeps, some run pass options. It's it's going to be all sorts of trickery. It's going to be Tyreek Hill in motion. Um, so what the the Bucks need to do is just kind of like stay home. They need to stay home and don't fall for any of it. But as far as running the ball, I don't know if they're going to be able to to successfully do that. The Chiefs. I really think that in order to win this game, they're going to have to beat the Bucks through the air because if you look at the Bucks defense up front, they're stellar. The linebackers are good. Then you get to the secondary, they're very average. So um, that is the point of attack. And that's where Tyree Kill over the top comes in. Um, and we can talk more about that as the night goes on. But as far as running the ball, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get an, a good rushing attack going, a formidable rushing attack going. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Justin in Deer Park, you're on the fan.
6: All right, hey, Daniel, how are you?
2: What's up, Justin?
6: All right, well, I want to make a point about Kev, Kevin Durant and stuff. That was horrible. Yeah, what how, was that.
2: The way how they, excuse my language, I'm, I'm sure Wait, I don't want to say. This. Justin, be careful. Be careful, I'm going to have to cut you. It's all
6: right. Screwed.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm not. Allowing,
6: I will, don't worry. I was thinking of words. I hear many words on the fans. <laughs>
2: okay, good. Because I like you, I Justin. To, I didn't want to I'm have to cut you off. I'm the
6: one that would curse like that. Okay. I would not do that to you or anyone Good. on
2: the station. So, so anybody that's listening and that's a little bit confused on what we're talking about, uh, I guess it was last night, right? For, or Friday night. Yeah, it was
6: Friday night.
2: Kevin Durant was not allowed to start the game because of uh, they were wa- awaiting uh, test results from, uh, not him, a, a contact of his. Um, the first test was positive. The second test was inconclusive. They allowed him at at, at which point once it, one I guess once it came back as inconclusive they allowed him to go into the game, and then they yanked him with like five minutes to go in the in the third quarter, saying that the test was positive, not his test, his close contacts test was positive, which we now know was a coach on the team who he drove with in a car. So there's there's just so many questions about this, uh, you know, why was he allowed to play? Is is the whole Brooklyn Nets team uh, considered close contacts? The whole coaching staff, the other team that they were playing—I mean, there are just too so many more questions and answers at this point, and it calls into question the entire NBA protocol. Justin, go it's, ahead. Exactly.
6: Um, James Harden was saying in the post game. Then, yeah. Why did this game get played? Because then, um, wait, who were they playing against? Um, who I forgot who they played Friday night. Now,
2: <laughs> Who was the opponent again? You know, I I've I forgot, too. I watched the whole game. Uh,
6: I know not Philadelphia. I know I'm going to be wrong.
3: Wait, I'm just
2: looking up the schedule now. Oh, man, I was watching the whole game, too. I was like... insane. Wait, let me let me pull this up. I can't believe I... It, Toronto. Yes, the Toronto. Toronto, yeah. yeah. The Raptors. But yeah, they're yeah, playing I'm, in Orlando at, this year. But go ahead, the
6: yeah. Then if the, now, the next three will play Saturday, but none of them were tested positive, that's... Bizarre than how Durant is. Why wasn't anyone of them tested positive Durant was still on the court?
2: Well, Harden was asking why wasn't the game suspended at that point.
6: Exactly. He did. why was this game postponed?
2: Why was he allowed to go on the court if, if the test was inconclusive? Why was he allowed to enter the game? He should have been in quarantine until the test result came back.
6: Exactly. Like, that's like how the MLB
2: and the World Series yep. and the
6: how they pulled Justin Turner.
2: Exactly exactly and then he and then he was uh, on the field without a mask on taking pictures of the rest of his teammates i mean it's just reprehensible yeah. and and, and kevin time. durant by the way was maskless in the car with the with the the coach
6: come on It's this whole thing i think it was a public relations stunt pulled by the nba
2: yeah i heard that too that's a the conspiracy theory that uh that lebron he's he's inching ever closer to overtaking lebron james in the mvp voting and that's why they did it that's that's it a conspiracy i don't know horrible I know. It, it's, oh. it, more questions than answers, Justin. Thanks for, that, for the, that. Yeah,
6: not like we'll ever get them.
2: Yeah, we'll never get the answers. It, that's right. That's right, Justin. We will never get the answers to that. those questions. Um, there, You know, and then you got Durant. He's going to be missing the next, what is it? Six calendar days and next three games over the course of this whole thing now. Even though he's tested negative, he himself has tested negative. Um, there, there's just a lot of questions. It's just you know, and I, I think about My my day job and teaching, and um, you know, if you test negative, you're not allowed back in the classroom, you still have to quarantine. It's just the whole thing, it's just the way it is. But, um, but the question mark I have the really big one is why was he even allowed to play in that game because the results were still pending? So, now shouldn't the Brooklyn Nets have to be quarantined, and shouldn't the Raptors have to be quarantined because Durant? it's such a close contact sport that durant obviously uh, had close contacts with members of both teams <laughs> i mean really and and was that particular coach or, or training staff member that kevin that exposed kevin durant was kevin durant the only player that he he worked with or she worked with i mean probably not right like i mean let's use deductive reasoning here probably not and then you watch the post game you heard the word confused by pretty much every single player. I don't know. The phrase I don't know was used by every single player. Harden questioned basically questioned openly the the protocols of the, the NBA. Uh, the COVID protocols. Steve Nash didn't he said he didn't want to speak too much about it because um he, he you know he didn't have all of the information. He was still processing, you know, the loss, by the way, to the Raptors. Um and so yeah, I don't know. It's just there's just so many questions, you know, it's, it's, and, and then once you found that out, that, that Durant was not making the, the trip to, to Philadelphia, once you found that out or playing in the game versus Philadelphia, you knew they were going to lose because the Nets have no chance because they allow too many, so many points in the paint. And without Durant to, um, I guess, bump up the Nets score differential, it was never going to happen. You didn't even have to watch the game on Saturday night to know that the Nets were going to lose to, to the 76ers. You didn't even have to watch. Embiid w- was was going to crush them. You knew it. You knew it already. So good. I'm glad. We got some baseball talk going. We got some basketball talk going. Um, and, of course, it's Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. So um, you guys can get aboard 877-337-6666. I want to reference an Evan Roberts poll from last week. And uh, and I'm going to let you hang there for a little bit over, over this short little break here. But it was a great poll. And I have a great answer to it. And I'm sure you guys all want to know the answer as well. So I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan until 6 a.m. on the Super Bowl Sunday. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight, everybody. This is Eric Church. He is going to be one of the singers along with Jasmine Sullivan taking on the national anthem tonight. Or not tonight. Yeah, I guess. Later tonight, sure. Having a record year. (laughs) So is Patrick Mahomes. So is Tom Brady. This is going to be a great Super Bowl. Teased it right before the break. Evan Roberts put up a poll last week asking, I forgot the exact question, but the choices were, do you tip your box pool organizer or not? I wanted to get this early uh, on in the show, you guys, the only answer to that poll is yes. You absolutely should be uh, tipping your your box pool organizer at least 10%. <laughs> like I'm normally the one that hosts the Super Bowl party. I'm also the one that normally runs the box pool, too. And let me tell you something. It is not easy to do. Chasing people down for cash, letting them fill in the boxes. You know what? The whole thing It's just not an easy task to do. And if you've done it, I'm sure you're nodding your head at the radio right now. It's more of a headache than anything, right? It's more work than what it's worth, especially if and when you don't get tipped. Solution one is, yeah, you take the the 10% tip off the top. I get it. But that isn't like really too easy to implement, you know, and and especially if you're not used to doing it, if people are not used to you doing it. And sometimes people tip more than 10% sometimes, sometimes, which I've gotten a more than 10% tip, especially the ones that get it. And there are some that just don't. You know, I got tipped one year in a Hershey's ball of chocolate once. It was like a softball size. Like what? That's what somebody gave me as my tip. Like what? <laughs> and I, I tell you this, there was also a repeat offender in my pool year after year in the main office. She won big. I mean big. Two years in a row. And I think one year it was like the halftime and the final because the scores were different, but the numbers still were the same. They ended up being the same, but with different scores. That year she won over $500. You know how much I saw? Zero. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Nick's laughing at me. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. She, I handed her the envelope. Nice. Envelope with her name on it and everything. Cash in it. Nice. She looked at me and she said, thank you.
7: Wow. <laughs> what? That's crazy. Come on. Yeah, she, she could have given you something—literally anything.
2: Like, like, what, what's what's ten percent of five hundred? Is it fifty bucks? That would have been nice. I'm not even asking for right, fifty. Yeah. Like, if twenty five would have been nice, just here, buy yourself pizza and so and, and a big ziti for dinner or something. You know,
7: so at least she could do. Right.
2: I know. So she was a repeat offender, and I know it, it's like making me mad. I'm like sweating right now thinking about it, but. This year, I'm in two pools. I'm not running either of them for the first time, and it feels really nice. And I will be tipping them if I win, and so should you if you win yours. Now, you can't say that you didn't know. Whoops, I almost let her name slip there, but you can't say you didn't know. Initials are ML.
7: She knows who she is.
2: You know who she you are, ML. You know who you are. All right, 877-337-6666. Tony in Providence, you are on the fan.
8: Good morning, Danielle. Coach, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, Tony? Good. I'll give you my pick. All so right. So far, you know, Kansas City, uh, people picking Kansas City, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay.
1: All right. Um, it's
8: very simple. There's no way they're going to lose this game. Seriously. I, I analyzed this game for two weeks. Mm-hmm. 27-24. Biddy, the goal will not be denied. You mentioned the linebackers, the front four. They made the adjustments. They'll make the adjustments. The two tackles out is big. Yep. And, and uh Kansas City coming in the day before. They should have been there earlier. And I, I know you can probably talk about it later, but I, I think it's a serious story about Andy son. Yeah, and yeah, that we can cannot be overlooked.
2: yeah, we can talk and about it now. Yeah, we talk about it now, Tony. Go ahead, tell tell everybody.
8: Yes. Um unfortunately, I don't know all the details, but what I hear mm-hmm. Andy Reed's son, who is a co- coach a linebackers coach, I believe, coaching staff on the Kansas City Chiefs was in an accident, unfortunately, on Thursday. And um, there were some injuries, and um, I guess they are in the hospital and we were prayers with everybody, but it was a serious thing. I guess a car broke down, and then um, he and Henry's son admitted to the police and the authorities, and he was drinking and other, uh, other stuff, and he just felt his really side, Daniel. Um, because like I said, people are in the hospital and we don't know all the facts yet, but initially it looks very bad and yeah. serious. That there was a car accident. Um I guess I again, car broke down, there was an accident. And the bottom line is Andy Reed's son cannot be coaching on game day today and I think it's going to be a distraction, and it's going to be, um, because our thoughts in the prayers, obviously, when anyone involved in this uh, accident, mm-hmm. obviously it's a tragedy, and we hope for the best, but again, it's just scary, and just one of those things And I'm sure people are going to say, um, it's, it's tough, and the timing is awful, and normally the team would be, and Tampa and and I, I guess, right. wanted to leave later, but the whole thing is, it's very sad in any accident, when you get drinking and driving, and when you admit to the police that there was an alcohol, people look um, very say take that very seriously, Danielle, Yep. and I want to get your thoughts about it, but I think it's going to be a distraction, and I don't know how CBS is going to handle it in the media, but as when reported, and that's all network you know,
2: and yeah, all the Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, sure, Tony. And, and great point. And that's you know that that's a good a good thing to bring up here. So, yeah, but he nailed the story basically. And and there's a five year old kid that's uh, um, with life threatening injuries. So you know, like like Tony said, thoughts and prayers out to everybody involved in that accident. Uh, but yeah, drunk driving. It's a uh, he, he admitted. I heard on the way in that he admitted to uh, having two to three drinks uh, with bloodshot eyes and, and the whole thing. The guy was driving drunk. Okay he's 35 years old on the eve of uh, the Super Bowl and Tony makes a good point you're supposed there that team was supposed to have been in Tampa Bay uh this week because of covid protocols they flew in uh Saturday evening 4:30 in the evening they landed at Tampa as you heard in the open um but but yeah um it's a serious thing and and the underlying thing is is the the, the um the insidious question is is that a um a distraction. You know, they're professionals. You would think that they would be able to block it out. But again, that's Andy Reed's son. That's just not a coach. It's Andy Reed's son. Which, you know, if, if the kid doesn't end up pulling through, it could be really serious, you know? So, um, yeah, it's a serious thing and and we'll wait to see how it plays out. Um, but it's, it's obviously reprehensible. Um, there's no reason for it in, in this day and age. I mean, we talked the one week about the guy, uh, with the with the uber remember the uber rating you know uber and lyft are everywhere there's no there's no reason for it really isn't uh okay back in the order that you guys called mike in belmar you are on the fan hey
9: danielle how are
2: you i'm good mike what's up
9: uh, i didn't realize you're a teacher what do you what grade do you teach
2: uh, i did teach high school and now i'm in the middle school
9: oh nice i'm middle school too i'm second grade social studies
2: oh cool i teach italian yeah
9: <laughs> oh nice that's awesome um so I was calling about Brady, but before I get to that, I yep. wanted to uh, – as a fellow teacher, I wanted to give you some – first, First, wings. Wings are a must for the uh, football
2: <laughs> Okay. Board. All right. Wings. wings. are a must. All right.
9: Yes, 100%. And then uh, I wanted to – so Derek Rose, it, it looks pretty good that he's coming to the Knicks. Yeah, but it does. He's with the pist- – he's with uh, – Killian Hayes, not a, I know you were talking before Tyrese Halliburton, but Tyrese is in the with the king. Oh so uh, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking out for you. Just I tell us, just Thanks. looking out for you. Thank but, you. But uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's the mentor in Killing Hayes distance.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
9: So thank you. Um, but yeah, so so uh, we went out uh, nice dinner, in Red Bank at Buenos Aires, and uh, nice. my buddies my buddies Miz and Schoon turned forty, so we went out for the birthdays, and uh, we had a nice. Discussion about Brady and uh, him being the goat and all that. Yeah. Um. And the discussion kind of centers around the whole fact of is it him being the best or is it circumstance? And one of our friends kind of dug into the numbers and said, you know, looking at Brady, he has over his career played with more All Pro guys than any of the other quarterbacks in history. So is, well, it, is it, you know, how much of it is circumstance? How much of it is Brady being Brady? And, like, if you plug in, so if you plug in Peyton Manning into Brady's, into Brady's circumstance with mm-hmm. Belichick and the Patriots, and now, you know, what he, where he's now, is it, is Manning winning just as many Super Bowls? Or is it just something about Brady?
2: Yeah, you know, you know or, and that, so, it, I don't know. This is like a chicken and the egg thing, too, because if it's, you know, is, okay, is Gronk as successful as he has been if it's Sam Darnold as his, his quarterback? You know, like, does Brady make the players better? better. Oh,
9: 100%. 100% right. and that's my argument. Right. Like, you know, Randy Moss was pretty much dead with the Raiders for mm-hmm. two years before he comes to the Patriots that year where he has 24 touchdowns and is all pro player because um, Brady makes him better. So how much of it is that and how much of it is, you know, Just circumstance like, you know, he just fell into the perfect circumstance, you know, so it's it's just an interesting conversation. It's an interesting, you know, if Dan Marino had the circumstance Brady had, if if all these talented quarterbacks had those circumstances, are there what is what is there? What is there? What do you so what do you think? Do you think it's more circumstance or more? He's just the
2: best. You know, and that's a that's a really good question, Mike, and, and I'll hang up so you can he- hear the answer there. And uh, I think <clears throat> having played sports myself and having had that Tom Brady mentality, you know, having talked to players that have played with Tom Brady, uh, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Mike Teal, who was in the quarterback room with Tom Brady, I mean – as early as these guys, and, and what's his name? Uh, Mike Teal told me this. As as early as he got there, Tom Brady was always there before him. Always there after him. No matter what time he got there. Always. So it's almost like Tom Brady demands that the players around him play up to his level or else they're out. So I'm not sure if it's... I guess in a way that could be considered circumstance. But like the play, he demands that the players around him play up for him. And the coaches have to coach better, know more and coach better when he's there. So, yeah, it's a little bit of luck, I'm sure, right? It's a little bit of luck. But again, you were drafted in like almost, what, the sixth round? He was a sixth-round draft pick. They said he was never going to amount to much. I mean, that's not circumstance. That's hard work. I was reading about his diet today. The guy doesn't eat tomatoes. He doesn't eat eggplant. He doesn't eat any sort of white flour. I mean – it, someone said uh, on the Tampa Bay Bucks, I, I don't remember who it was, but they said it's like a birdseed diet. That's that's what it takes, though. You know, that's what it takes. So I don't know. I, it's a good question. We can ponder it probably through, thread it in through the rest of tonight. Um, all right. We can do one more really quick one. Mick in Rocky Point. You're on the fan.
10: Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm you're, good, Mick. You're killing me with the, these hours. we got to get you earlier. <laughs> I set the alarm to listen to you. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Maybe one day. Okay, Danielle, I just have a quick question. Yes. If you own the Jets right now, hmm. the way that they are, with no uh, running backs, with no line, with no anything, yeah. and you had your choice of four quarterbacks, and they were all 24, one was Mahomes, one was Brady, one was Breeze, one was
2: Rodgers, who would you take? Oh, so they're all the, they're all the same age, and I'm just yep, picking one. Yep, all 22, right. All right, Mahomes, Brady breeze or who was the last one rogers oh rogers ooh, the mvp of the league this year just announced this last night um that you know my mind went to which player could do more with less right that's kind of what exactly. the question is so yep. um probably it wouldn't be breeze he would be out sorry drew breeze um Rodgers needs a lot around him, I think, in order to make it to the big game, which we've seen. I'm just doing process of elimination. You're thinking out loud. Brady I you. demands greatness from everybody else, but he's a he's an old school pocket passer. I think the NFL is going in the direction of Patrick Mahomes, so I'm I'm going to go Mahomes.
10: Yeah, me too. Okay.
2: Yeah, just by deductive reasoning there, Mick. Yeah, Mahomes.
10: Okay. Anyway, uh, are you ever going to? Uh, would you like to have this job longer? You know, more hours or more days or not really? Because teaching is really your thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll do it. I mean, it's hard to co- come in here, <laughs> drive in. It's a little far, you know. And tonight, the Hudson Street was closed. It was ridiculous. Um, but sure, I'm open to it. Let's do it.
10: Okay, really? Because I got all my friends and family. We're uh, we're trying to get you on longer hours if possible. Because this is just not good. One. Of, one day a week for four hours—you're just too good for
2: that. Oh, my Mick, I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
10: Anyway, uh, have a good evening.
2: Thanks. Enjoy the game. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Talk Me to you too. next week.
10: Go Bucks! Sure, Go. I'm going to call you every week. Look. We're going to get this going.
2: Looking forward to it, Mick. Thanks.
10: Okay. Take care, Daniel.
2: Uh yeah, that's an interesting question. Looking at all those guys, and you know, at that age, you know, 24, the prime year in the careers, I. I Just by that deductive reasoning, I'd go Mahomes. What would you say there, Nick? That was a good question.
7: Yeah, I would go Mahomes, too. I don't know.
2: Just his ability to to make – listen, as Mick was talking, the play that popped into my mind was – I guess it was versus the Bills, AFC Championship game this year. We've seen it tons of times, but just most recently, the underhand shovel pass to Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. I mean, that's amazing. Like, that's just amazing to me.
7: Seems like there's, like, no limit what he could do. Like, yeah. the the possibilities are endless with the ways he can score, and yeah. it's just unbelievable to watch.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like you're watching a Madden game sometimes, and especially in, in Week 12.
7: With the G codes.
2: Yeah, with the up, up, down, up, left, right, right. That was an actual one. I remember that one. Me and my brother memorized that. I don't know what it did. I forget what it did, but <laughs> on PlayStation, I could probably look it up on the break. Up, up, down, up, left, right, right. I'll never forget that one. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like a video game. But you know, pa- Patrick Mahomes has lost. That's the coach fell off of his chair. Did you see that in the Syracuse game? He just he leaned over and he fell right off the chair. I just it's making me laugh. Just now. I'm sorry. No, I didn't see it on oh, the channel. He just like leaned over a little too far and just fell. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm sorry. All right, so we got an update for you guys. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk Mets. We'll talk Yankees. We'll talk Patrick Mahomes and and Tom Brady in Super Bowl 55 from Raymond James stadium as well. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan.
1: Sports Radio 1019 FM. The fan.
2: Welcome back to McCartan after midnight here on the fan. Everybody. I'm trying to catch up with some tweets on, on the, on the break here. Um, Oh my God. There's so many coming in. If you guys wanted to tweet me at coach M C C A R T A N, maybe it's, uh, Maybe you're under your covers, or maybe you're just in a situation where you can't call. Maybe you're working. You could tweet me. And and the good ones I do end up reading on air, uh, for sure. Uh, And I'm just trying to go through them all. I, I I can't keep up. But it is Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. And I'll do my best to keep up there, everybody. So it is Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 55 from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. None of our New York teams are in it, obviously. And, and and the Buffalo Bills almost made it. I mean, we could adopt them, right, in this area. We, we would have adopted them, I think. Well, maybe if you're a Jet fan, maybe not. But, um, yeah, the over-under is 56 points. The Chiefs are three-point favorites. Um, and I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm not going to give away the marbles, all the marbles just yet, but I am sitting here in a Tampa Bay Bucks T-shirt, and it says, Raise the Flag. And this is a T-shirt, actually, that I got from... Um, I went down uh, I get I get, I can find the date to you, for you guys but I guess it was last season I last season I think it was and it was the bucks it was the the uh, Carolina Panthers were visiting the bucks I went to the game and uh this was a giveaway at the game and it's pretty cool nice shirt I mean it's got a Publix logo on the back but my hair covers it so it's a nice little shirt nice little giveaway um, and uh, I'm not giving away all the marbles yet everybody not the prediction or anything but I am wearing a red bucks t-shirt I don't know if that means anything to you guys. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. (laughs) All right. Back in the order that you guys called. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. Oh, and by the way, I just wanted to mention one thing that there will be some fans in the stands. I just mentioned going to Raymond James Stadium. I've been there twice, actually. There's not a bad seat in that entire house, actually. Um, The NFL, as you know, maybe, and you heard it in the open, the NFL and Florida health officials have approved about 22,000 fans. They're all required to wear face masks. And Raymond James Stadium normally has a capacity of 75,000. And maybe it's a sign of hope. 7,500 of them will be vaccinated healthcare heroes from around the country who are attending the game for free and good for them. It should be more of them, in my opinion. Okay, let's go to Tom. in Tom, is it Selden?
11: Yeah. Daniel. how are we doing? Happy, happy Super Bowl Sunday.
2: Uh, you too. Is it Selden? Is it Connecticut?
11: Uh, no, so uh, Selden. Uh, Selden selden on uh, long island oh
2: long island okay i'm sorry i'm not i'm not up on my long island i've been to jones beach once yeah. and that's it <laughs>
11: there you go well come on back uh lo- love the carvel football cake that's a must oh a must and right it, you gotta have pigs
2: yeah
11: and pigs in a blanket like i don't have it all year all year round but super bowl sunday they they find my way in my shopping cart yeah so they're, they're up there pigs too. In a blanket gotta be there
2: tom do you put now i get made fun of do you put ketchup or mustard on yours See now it's got, it's a mustard thing but
11: I don't mind ketchup. It's fine too. It's yeah. all good. Let's mix it up.
2: Well, I'm like Patrick Mahomes oh, in this fine. sense. I put ketchup. I put ketchup on everything. So including my pigs in yeah, blankets. So no, you guys no. can laugh at me all you want but no. <laughs>
11: <laughs> Hey, so I I'm cool with the whole Trevor Bauer thing, right? Like the Mets Yeah. are the, the Mets weren't a Trevor Bauer move away. Yes. You know well, what I'm saying? Like if if, if I, I I get the Dodgers, I get it. Like you add Trevor Bauer to that staff to that team. That makes sense. But the Mets, still, we still need a center fielder. Yes. We still have questions. Yes. With the actual, you know with, with the, with, you know, with third base. Yes. We'll still need a solid reliever. Like, that $40 million
2: can do so much for us.
11: It could so probably get you all three of
2: those things, actually. If you add 100%. it all up, it probably could. 100%. It could probably get you Jackie Bradley Jr. and Chris Bryant, if that's what you want. Probably.
11: And I know Chris Square, Bryant Square will come via
2: trade. I know that. But, you know, I'm talking about his exactly. salary. But yep. still...
11: Right, without a doubt, and that's why, again, I, it, it, it's a different situation, but this is next year, and look, we have those pieces, and we miss Trevor Bauer, yeah, I think I would feel a little bit more heartbroken, but yeah. yeah, this is not, as to your open, this wasn't a need, this was a want, if we would have signed him, great, if not, this is not a big deal, we need to move on, and we can't there's no need to be salty about it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine. I agree with you, Tom. Absolutely fine.
2: And, and the best part is, and the best part is the whole thing, is that it showed you that the Mets are willing to exceed their, their luxury cap allowance here to, to go. go over. So that's a good they sign. Go. That's this, a silver lining. This is lining. not
11: same old Mets. Yeah, right. Right. This is not the same old Mets. They were, they were willing to go there, and it just shows that, hey, we're, they're still not done. They're going to turn around and still do more. So I'm, I'm yeah. happy about everything. Team's, team's looking good. And uh, this is the year that we, we sort of have to prove, like, this is the make it year that we're going to do something in the playoffs. Like, we just can't have these midsummer, uh, you know, uh, extensive losing streaks mm-hmm. where, you know, that sort of that stench of, you know, the underperformance. This is the year where we got to somehow make a statement. And that's what we need to see. Uh, it's It's got to be there this year.
2: Yeah. Tom and I'm totally with you and thank you for the call. That's that was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you. The Mets need to make a statement this year. That has to be it. And and for those of you crying about, you know, the Mets, same old Mets, actually it's not the same old Mets. I mean, you've got one of the best shortstops in the league via trade. Would would that have happened in past years? I don't know about that. Right. Um, you've added so many pieces, Carrasco, you know, Lindor, obviously in the same deal, uh, Trevor May. I mean, there are so many additions to this Mets team. This is going to be a new look Mets team, and I think that people are going to be pleasantly surprised. But as he just pointed out, yes, there is a need for center. In this order, I would rank it. Uh, Center fielder, that's a need. Third base is a need. J.D. Davis, you're marching him out there as your everyday third baseman. Yikes. I don't know about that. Okay, so then maybe we look, if you're the Mets, to look at, other options at third base, but but center field needs to be the priority. And and if you locked up Trevor Bauer, center field was going to be off the board. Third base was going to be off the board. You got Syndergaard coming back. That's going to be like adding, at the, like, like the Yankees seem to do every single year, that seems like adding at the deadline, adding player back from injury at the quote-unquote deadline. There you go. Okay, let's go in the order that you guys called, of course. Ruse in Melville, you're on the fan.
12: Hey, what's going on, Danielle? Here comes the fastest five minutes in sports. You ready? Oh, five minutes? I don't have five minutes. What do you got for me? <laughs> Quickly, go me. ahead. I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, first off, just very happy that the that the Mets did not sign Bauer. As yes. I told you, I was so happy about that. You know, well, very the guy's so overpaid; it's ridiculous mm-hmm. uh, for a career four four year guy. guy. Um, what I think the Mets are going to do, I think they're going to sign Almora. And I think they're going to somehow pull off a trade uh, for Chris Bryant before the season starts. Yeah, um, I think that's what's going. I think that's in the works now. I just think it's very, very quiet. Yes, I, you know, I yeah,
2: that, you're right. Yes,
12: What I mean, do you think that? I mean, I think that's going to happen. Um, and the uh, just to switch, you know, switch you off the uh, the Mets for a second the one thing the nets you know I'm watching watching the nets you know, I'm a Laker fan you know, I just grew up idolizing Magic Johnson but um the one thing the nets are are missing is uh is is something in the post man and um there's a lot of guys uh free agency wise on the uh you know looking for a job and I'm just I'm not sure why they they haven't looked to uh to add some uh some paint help, you know, guys yeah. that, you know, some, some, some like, yeah. Like, I mean, what do you think, you know, have you, have you looked to see like some, some smashes in the paint?
2: Yeah. I don't have any, uh, you know, name recommendations. And thanks for the call there, I don't have any name recommendations, but you know, part of it too is not just, uh, yes, you need, you need the height, you need all that. Right. But part, the other part of it is you you need to be able to, to have the grit to play defense. I mean, defense Listen, I wasn't the the most skilled basketball player. I really wasn't. But I played hard, and I played defense, and that's the thing. And the Nets are getting killed in the paint every single time. Yes, you know, you could use some help, and they've added some 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 taller guys. They have. But, you know, why are they always on the bench, you know? I don't know. I just— I, part of me thinks, and and, and there's, there's this insidious thought, and I mentioned it on here before that that just Steve Nash is just in over his head as a first year head coach, dealing with all with the pandemic, dealing with the big three and the pressure that comes with coaching the big three. That it's almost like he doesn't. I would love to sit at a practice, and I would love to see how hard the Nets practice because my motto always is, you practice how you play, and based on the defensive effort that the Nets are outputting. I could probably surmise that they're not practicing too hard. Right? I mean, can't you see it? It, Doesn't that make sense? I don't know. Uh, But, yes, they need some help in the paint. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know how it's going to come. I just hope and pray to God that it is not going to be a trade of Joe Harris. My uncle is a big Nets fan. He texts me every single game or almost every single game, and he said, when are they going to ship out Kyrie Irving for a big dude? When are they going to ship out Kyrie Irving? I always tell them they're not going to ship out Kyrie Irving. They're just not. So then you look at okay, Harden, Irving, Durant. Does that make Joe Harris expendable? I hope not. Joe Harris is a sharpshooter. He's one of my favorite players on that team. All right, back to the calls eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Mike in West Palm Beach, you are on the fan.
13: Buongiorno, professore hey, Danielle.
2: <laughs> Buona mattina,
13: Michele. Grazie, grazie. I wish I could speak more italian um you know I, I, I can get into a decent conversation but i know more uh curse
7: words well yeah. uh, anyway Th-
2: i wonder you know, nick do we have to bleep out the curse words if they're in italian on here do we have to
7: i think we might have to oh yes. okay
2: all right mike you, we can't do that that I,
7: I probably wouldn't know what they are but <laughs> just you know give me a thumbs up if it is
13: uh, i'll tell you there's another good uh producer uh, nick uh chatted with him before i got on deck and um yeah I'll, I'll tell you so much to say, uh, Danielle. Um, first of all, um, when I was listening to your show last week, you have a chance to win 777 yes. shekels. Yes,
2: I do. I, I, I'm rooting for you. You, you need <laughs> Brady, right? Brady and, and the Bucks. I need Brady and the Bucks. yes. Okay. That's
13: cool. That's cool.
2: And it's only um, on a $35 bet. That's it. I got him at, like, plus whatever the math is, 2200 in March. Right. So
13: Why couldn't I bet like that back in the day with blackjack <laughs> and... <laughs> And, you know, high-stake poker, oh, please. But when those <laughs> days are in the rearview mirror, you know, that's yeah. yeah. Um You know, uh, it's funny. Um, I, I got yesterday's post. I, I get uh, yesterday's post. And, you know, I, I made some notes on air reference. Um, my, my guess is, you know, with the Super Bowl, if, I'm glad I'm not betting. Um, if I did, it would be a nominal bet. But I got to go with – I was a drummer back in the day. wasn't a singer. But I got to go with Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Oh,
2: man. Guess what, Mike? When I went to Kansas City, that was like my theme song for the whole weekend. (laughs) Fats Domino. Love it.
13: Love it. We played that at an open mic night. You know, I had a full set of drums years ago. Now I got a a tall wood grain conga. You know, I'm the percussion. I make that thing. I make it tall. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, you know, I I called up – I don't know, quarter to three, woke up early today, mm-hmm. and I said, damn, it's busy. You have a good following. It was a caller a while back who, who uh, expressed himself very well. You know, uh, I'd like to see you on more, uh, hear you more during the week. But, um, you know, it, it's good stuff overall. Um, now, uh, on the back page of the Post, a longtime mesh fan. I was 15 when I was at the 69 World Series, $8 standing room only ticket. Uh um, wow. I shook I shook Willie Mays's hand in the parking lot seventy three after the game. That what? was pretty cool. Yeah, oh yeah. And um when they filmed the movie The Odd Couple, uh I was there. That was sixty eight, the triple play. that first time I saw Roberta Clemente and uh the Pete Rose Bud Harrison fight. Pete Rose was on Long Island five summers ago. I'm chatting with him. He, he was at a, a seafood joint. Yeah. Oh. And uh oh yeah, I, I go back. Yeah. Um but um even I mentioned Daniel, my buddy Freddie from uh, senior softball. His nephew was Chad Henning. Yeah, I remember. You know? yep.
1: mm-hmm.
13: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'll tell you, um, I know you made the softball team, and I hope you kick some serious butt. <laughs> Don't worry, I school. will. I know you will. <laughs> and um, and what else? Uh, oh, here is what I wanted to mention. Look at the XGM of the Mets. Uh, terrible. Mm-hmm. And now Callaway. He's, uh, you know, giving you the, the Babe in the Woods routine from Goodfellas. Don't give it the Babe in the Woods routine. I mean, it's disgusting. Uh, you know I have a daughter. Um, and that guy a call from Melville. That's where my daughter lives. where She teaches uh, how to suck it, whatever. But, you know, a, a young reporters, female reporters back in the day, I can only imagine the, the crap they put up with. And now, now, now uh, people are coming to the surface who did things that is not acceptable at all, you know? Yeah, and it's, uh, it's
2: not even, you know, back in the day, it's still happening. Like Jared Porter, it was like only a few years ago, and Mickey Calloway. It was it was here. It was in New York with the Mets. How long ago was that? Not long ago. It's just ridiculous. You know, I had to, so, you know, Mike, I had someone tweet me that said like a, as a joke yeah. that was like, oh, you know, they should really uh, bring a, 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 a woman's dog in to, to meet these candidates. You know, you know, yeah. see if they're good. But you know what? How about you just bring a woman in to meet the candidates or you interview the beat reporters on the team that that you know what I mean? Like anonymously. That's, that's exactly. a simple fix. It's just a simple fix.
13: A simple fix, well said, you know, well said. And I'll leave you with this, Daniel. Let's see, oh, uh, last week, you know, maybe uh you know um an animated caller like Joe D can try to explain <laughs> what's happened with the Yankees the Yankees everyone's gravitating to the dodgers, yeah. you know uh, let's face it, the pig you know unfortunately they're gonna come up empty they still uh uh stand what two hundred ten million um and I'm glad Bauer, like you said last week, I'm glad he went to La La land yeah. because forty million a year every time he puts his toe to the rubber, he's getting one point two million or whatever it That's is amazing but. Danielle, you got people on deck. I always try to make it, uh, uh, spoke a little longer today. But uh, you got got the mojo behind the microphone. What can I say?
2: (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it. All right, Danielle. All the best. I think of this when he said that about, you know, putting his toe to the rubber there. I think of this. When you take out the Cy Young season of Trevor Bauer and you take out his 2018 season, which was also pretty good. His cumulative ERA for the rest of it, was it's a 4.48. Can you imagine if he pitches like that with that contract here in New York City to a 4.48 ERA or even to the 3.62 ERA that baseball reference is projecting him to pitch in 2021? Add in his inability to hold back on social media? Nah, dude. Not a match. Mets dodged a bullet. Yes, and there is no pun intended in that. I know it's been. I put it on Twitter, and then I saw it in a bunch of different. I thought I was being in, in, innovative, and I saw it all over the place after that. So, uh, yeah, the Mets, dodge bullet, absolutely, uh, and the Dodgers seem to be the the new the new '90s Yankees, the new George Steinbrenner Yankees. Yeah, it's a good point there, uh, Mike. We'll see. All right, we'll talk more Super Bowl stuff coming up. We've got some uh, what to, what. Let's spend some Mets money. The remaining Mets money. And I'll I'll give you my Super Bowl prediction. We got beatboxing coming up and Steve McClendon as well. Wow, busy night. We're only about halfway through. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan.
1: You're
14: listening to the
2: cool tunes. Eric Church, one of the national anthem singers. Super Bowl 55. I'm a huge country fan. I don't know if you guys know that about me. I like a lot, all kinds of music, but I really love country music. And I, I really like Eric Church. Uh, I got some tweets on, on the break here. Talladega. I <laughs> got some tweets. Uh, at, Ron J- at Real John Swan says, great show, Daniel, I'm a Yankees fan, but I truly believe the Mets dodged a bullet. Bauer is a pain in the... He wrote the word bleep, <laughs> which is funny. And $40 million? Ridiculous. G- agreed. I'm gonna hit agreed on that. Um... Listen, if you guys are in some sort of a prop bets um, deal uh, wherever you're going to be watching the Super Bowl, I've got some inside information for you guys, okay, on your over, under bets, whatever. So listen carefully. Are you ready for this one? This one is a can't miss, cannot miss. The national anthem, as we just talked about, as sung by Eric Church, Jasmine Sullivan. You just heard Talladega right here, right, right, introducing this segment. This, the national anthem is going to be exactly two minutes and 15 seconds. 1-5, 15 seconds in length. The national anthem will be 2 minutes and 15 seconds in length. You want to know how I know that? All right, so I saw on Twitter, there's this guy, Zach Mascovich. Mascovich, yeah, that's probably how you say it. He's a reporter for Central Florida's WESH2 News. He stood outside Raymond James Stadium during the rehearsal on Friday evening, recording the timing of it on his iPhone and I guess whatever camera he had with him. So he had his phone up, and he was recording it with the audio in the background. So yes, this is a lock if I've ever seen one. You guys can thank me later. Thank me next week. And the video, in case you still don't believe me or you want to see it for yourself, it's on his Twitter feed. I don't know how far back it is now, but it was for Fr- it was Friday evening. He did it at Zach, M-A-S-K-A-V-I-C-H, at Zach Maskovich. The national anthem will be exactly two minutes and 15 seconds in length. Book it. Okay, in the order that you guys called, Ben in Queens, you're up next on the fan. Morning there, Coach. What's uh, up, man?
15: Okay, well, uh, you know what he isn't taking into account. It's it's Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan.
2: Yeah, that, I heard them both. It's it was yeah, it's both of them. Yes, and they were doing okay, a duet well, with it. Uh, Jasmine does tend to hold middle notes. Oh a yeah. Little longer. Oh, I heard it. She's running she, oh, the notes. The, the runs on her notes. I heard the whole thing. Two minutes, fifteen seconds.
15: Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Firstly, good luck to Sarah Thomas. Yep. And good luck to, to Lori Locus and Marivelle Jaffa
2: You know what, Ben? I love how you call every week and you always highlight the women in sports. I, I need to tell you that. I love how you do that.
15: Uh, well, well, you know, it's something uh, I, 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 I tailor my thing to the host's uh, predilection. Mm-hmm. And you are definitely all about uh, women empowerment and getting ahead and listen Lori Locus I knew before she got to the NFL because I I'm I'm a sports junkie and I saw her play semi pro mm-hmm.
2: yeah she mentioned <laughs> so, that I was on the a Zoom call with her actually earlier in the week and she did mention that
15: so so um but but it, it's a credit to Bruce Arians that no one needs to bribe him. No one needs to turn his his, his arm backwards. Oh. He just does these things naturally. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that that I give that to Bruce. Unfortunately, me being a Jets fan, there is no way in H E double hockey <laughs> sticks I am ever rooting for Brady. So I'm opposed to you here. Thirty-one twenty Chiefs. Um, well, that's kind of low. The reason why I think it's going to be low is the defenses. Both defenses are being uh, overlooked here. Yeah. And and uh, the uh, second time meeting for the year, both defenses are going to make, make uh, changes. And everybody's focusing on the homes versus the Tampa defense. Yeah. Uh, who's Kansas City's defensive coordinator again?
2: Yeah, I was going to bring this up. This is my X-factor of the game. This is my X-factor. In case you didn't know everybody, the Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator in Italian, Steve Spagnolo, or Spagnolo. I don't even know how you say it in English, but Spagnolo. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Giants yeah. fans and know him well, don't they? Yeah. And yeah. so does and Tom Brady. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh <laughs> i
15: think I think they get at least three sacks and they get three interceptions Ooh. and folks before before you get on me, go back and look at the second half that Brady had. you know he had a great first half everybody's concentrating on the first half the second half he nearly gave that that n f c championship game back,
2: yeah defense I'm, came up big for I'm,
15: sure. I'm just saying quickly, two last things um. If, if, First and foremost, everybody enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, come on. And, and in that note, I feel sorry for Andy Reid that he has to go through this again. Yeah. But it just goes to show what a demon addiction is, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes it takes roots in certain families, and it's hard to shake. Uh, that being said, I fell for Kevin Durant. <laughs> You know, I didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. And that's why this thing is crazy, because it's somebody in the organization who got exposed. You don't know how he got exposed. But
2: they were still driving maskless in a car together, which is... There you go. You know, that's the thing.
15: There it goes. And... And I will leave on this one, and it's an interesting thing I came across. It's an interesting point, and I tried to tell to you on Twitter earlier this week. The Mets fans that are mad about Bauer, you want to know who that is, are the dummies that paid $32.69 for that that, that blue and orange T-shirt with him. You don't pay for a player's shirt. Yeah, unless unless you s- like the player uh-huh. or he's definitely on your team. Yep. And I know a lot of Mets fans like, oh, he's wearing out stuff. He's definitely coming. Oh, my God. Yep. We got Trevor Bauer. And I'm like, I haven't seen a contract signed yet.
2: Yep, giving away like, uh, signed uh, uh, hats uh, uh, on his website. Yeah, I know. I know. See,
15: yeah, yeah. Right. fell so into it, hook, line, sinker, <laughs> Danielle, no matter how the game turns out. Enjoy the game, coach. Folks out there, enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you for the time once again.
2: Yeah, ben, thanks. Always, always. Ben always brings it. And, yes, the X factor in that game really quickly is Steve Spagnolo, who is obviously the defensive coordinator at Kansas City Chiefs. He happens to be the same guy who was the defensive coordinator for the Giants. This is my X factor in the game. When the Giants handed the Patriots one giant loss in the 2007 regular season, which was the 08 playoffs, the, that only New England loss obviously came in Super Bowl Forty Two that season, and Spaniolo's defense tallied up five, count them, five sacks on Tom Brady. Is this Chiefs defense as talented as the Giants defense was that year? Well, we'll have to see later today, but Steve Spaniolo, defensive coordinator, is my X-factor in this Super Bowl. Let's go in the order that you guys called Joe in North Babylon. You're up.
16: Hey, Coach. How are you doing? I'm
2: good. How are you, Joe?
16: I'm doing good, and I hope I uh, didn't piss you off too much on uh, Twitter tonight. <laughs>
2: right, a little bit, but you know what? It's okay. Oh, a little bit.
16: All right, well, I didn't listen to last week's show, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry about that. I, I had to go plow snow.
2: That's uh, okay. You know what? Dem- yeah. DM me. I'll send you the, the, the tape for it. All
16: right. Well, tell me about Watson. Why—what's well, what's your limit on Deshaun Watson?
2: <sighs> well, you know what it is. it is? It's conditional, and it's dependent upon the team. But if we're talking about the Jets— and the Jets have holes. I mean everywhere. You look at their but, they don't, yeah,
16: they also have seventy million dollars of a uh, salary cap. Yeah, I think
2: it's closer I think it's closer to ninety actually. Oh I,
16: but you might be right. Yeah. You, so you, you're right. Um, you know.
2: You know, but listen, I would like a running game that has some sort of uh I don't know, fear to it. Like I would go out and, and pry Aaron Jones away from Green Bay. Oh that's happening? I would go out and look at the free agents. On, and Never say never, but I would look at the free agents on the market as well. Uh, Wide receivers that is. You need okay. a cornerback. I mean, you need uh, an edge rusher. They
16: can't get that with free agency and with all the other picks they
17: have?
2: They have four first-round picks. I would like to see those four first-round picks over the next two years be used at, on an edge rusher, a corner, the premier positions. Offensive lineman, edge rusher, Cornerback, and then the fourth one next year could be like some sort of a luxury kind of guy, like a wide receiver, like a I don't know, C D like a C.D. Lamb type. You know what I mean?
16: Yeah, couldn't they be all busts? Like you could actually all four of them be busts. We but know it's Dishon is.
2: Yes, theoretically they could be All right. but if you have a good analytics department and, and a good guy in charge, which but I believe Joe Judge is. But Deshaun Watson, if you take Deshaun Watson and you plop him onto the Jets, the Jets are not an immediate playoff team. Who is he throwing it to? Oh, you know, who's the run, who's the threat of a running game? There is none. Uh, Swiss cheese offensive line in front of him. I mean, come on. He And guess what? And he has an opt-out after the 2024 season in his contract. So the Jets are going to pay him something like $11 million this year, 40 million next season. And, and then he, well, no, then he no, can no, opt no, out no, no. if he what, doesn't like what,
16: it? What I read was 10.5 read was ten point five this, this year, right. And 15.5 no, next year. No, wrong. <laughs> all right, you, you're probably right. Yeah,
2: no, it's, not that's not it. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, so,
16: and, 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 and then the, he has an opt-out. So
2: he doesn't like it. So he doesn't like the Jets. He opts out, and then then what? Then they're, they've are they gotten fleeced for all of their draft picks, when and they don't have a quarterback. When
16: was the last time the Jets had a top five wide quarterback? I'll give it that.
2: I'm going to give that to you, Joe. But, but there's no team around him. I mean, he's not going to be successful since there's no team around him. But they still have. You
16: said they have 90 million of cap
2: uh-huh.
11: cap
16: space. So 10. and, and no defense,
2: and, and zero defense.
16: So Joe Douglas is supposed to be this god GM. He can't draft someone in the second round.
2: Come on, Joe. When you, when, and then, So $90 million or whatever it is this year. At $40 million, take $40 million off of it for, for Deshaun Watson to afford him. He's
16: a top-five quarterback.
2: When with, was the last it,
16: time the Jets had one?
2: All right, now we're going in circles, Joe. I'll give it to you. I don't know the last time the Jets had a the top-five quarterback. never have. Okay, fine. Never. But guess what? They, it doesn't matter because they went. Mark Sanchez took him to the AFC Championship game in back-to-back years. They, he had a team around him and a good coach to take him there.
16: Oh, oh, come on now. What? Come on. They were one so, game
2: away from the Super Bowl two years in a care. row.
16: They've never had a top five quarterback, and now you're like, oh, Mark Sanchez. All right. How, how close has Deshaun
2: Watson ever gotten to the Super Bowl?
16: No, no, he hasn't oh. gotten close.
2: Oh, what? Why not? He's a top five well, quarterback. If
16: Joe Douglas is so Wait, whoa, whoa, well, well, answer my question random. here, Joe.
2: Answer my question here, Joe. Why not? Why ha- is he top five quarterback? Silence. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Bingo. If Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback and can get a team to the to, to the playoffs, never mind the Super Bowl, but to the playoffs. And I know he's done it with, with the Texans. But why couldn't he get him to the why couldn't he get him to the Super Bowl? Why not? Silence. Silence is the answer there. And I'm sure I'm gonna get a tweet from you, Joe. I appreciate it. But man, uh listen. Deshaun Watson, you take him, you know, on Google where you, you, you take the little man and to get him into, like, the street view, you drag him into the street view. You take Deshaun Watson, you drag him into the Jets team. That is not a playoff team. It's just not. And that's, that's that. So, Joe, DM me. I'll send you the link to last week's show, and you, and you can listen. I appreciate you calling in. I, I you know, those guys that... Joe is not one of them, but the guys that are so macho on Twitter, uh, Twitter call them the Twitter tough guys, and they never call in. Joe calls in, which I appreciate. All right, we've got beatboxing coming up next. We've got a Tampa Bay Bucks sideline reporter who is TJ Reeves for the Bucks Radio Network taking on Alex Gold, who is the co-host of the Midday Show and our sister station in Kansas City. Enjoy. New York fan Sports
1: Radio 101.
2: W-F-A-N, New York Welcome to Beatboxing, where beat reporters from each team square off inside your listening device. Let's meet this week's contenders. Weighing in for the AFC champion, the visiting Kansas City Chiefs, is Midday Hope at 610 Sports Radio, Kansas City, our sister station, Alex Gold. E-E-R-S, go Buc- Captaining the ship for the NFC champions, the Super Bowl home team, is TJ Reeves' sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio Network. All right, guys, let's have a good, clean fight. Round one. We'll start easy. Let's start with the visiting Kansas City Chiefs and Alex Gold. What is your must-have food at a Super Bowl party?
18: Yes, yeah, so you gotta understand I'm from Kansas City, so it's the barbecue capital of the world. So you cannot have a Super Bowl party without some ribs, some burn-ins. So I guess that's two items for you. But most people will kind of say, oh, ribs are a little too messy. But in Kansas City, we're known for our barbecue. And so if you go to a Super Bowl party in KC that doesn't have some ribs, something is wrong. So it's it's an easy sweep. I feel like uh, on the food category. I don't know what Tampa's got to bring to the table food-wise, but I know KC at least is the barbecue capital of the world.
2: You know, I went to a place called Q, something Q, Oh, Q39.
18: Yeah, that's it. It's some of the best. If you like the smoke flavor Q39, I can, we can go through and rattle off 10 different places. KC Barbecue is the best.
2: All right. TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio Network. What is your must-have Super Bowl food? All
19: right. So first of all, Memphis has the best barbecue because oh. I'm a Memphis uh, resident. Uh, I was born there. Sorry, Gates. Sorry, Q39 or any- anywhere else. The Rendezvous in Memphis. But nonetheless, I will not have ribs. I will not have barbecue. In fact, I'm not going to have anything because I get to work the game this week so it's highly unusual but my wife makes this taco dip that is fantastic with refried beans salsa three layers of cheese olives sometimes ground beef sometimes not i am gonna miss the wife's taco dip that is my must-have on super bowl sunday but i will gladly miss it to be working the game (laughs)
2: Ooh, shots fired there. All right, let's get into the game. Round two, I want to focus on the quarterbacks. And all week we've been hearing about new school Mahomes, or for two weeks actually, new school Mahomes versus old school Brady. And specifically in regards to that quarterback play and style, they're both very different. Which better defines today's NFL, TJ Reeves?
19: Look, uh, Mahomes obviously can throw it from all kinds of different angles, but there's one thing that we measure above all else. And that's championships. And the guy in Tampa Bay's got six of them and no one else has six Super Bowl rings. So I think you got to ride with him. The flash, the glitz. Yes, the Chiefs are the defending champs. But as we keep pointing out, it was a different team. Uh, Brady won the AFC title game head to head with Mahomes. So he's got one up on him in the playoffs. So we're talking about new school, old school, out of school. Right now, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady until Mahomes can knock him off.
2: Alex Gold. Today's
19: NFL, I think it's a no-brainer. It is Patrick Mahomes. Look at the NFL.
18: How many true pocket passers are actually left in the NFL? I was trying to think of this today. What, Matt Ryan and Tom Brady? Like That truly is the old school National Football League. Nobody's looking for that anymore. You got to have the dual threat. You have to be able to have the ability like a Mahomes, for example. He can throw for 4,000 yards. He can also run for 300 to 500 in a given season as well. You're right. Brady's got the six rings overall. But if this game goes the way it's going to go here in Kansas City, at least certainly we think so, with Mahomes knocking off Brady, then Mahomes will be within striking distance, and we'll be enjoying this conversation for the next 10 years or so, whether or not Mahomes will become the new GOAT. And it sets him up and puts him in position to do something that nobody else has done in his first couple years at age 25 in the National Football League.
2: Ooh, Alex is bringing it. Alex from 610 AM Sports Radio in Kansas City. Let's go to round three. The game is going to feature, obviously we know, high-octane offenses from both teams. What one singular weapon from your team will be a game changer, Alex?
18: Yeah, I'm not going Tyreek Hill despite him torching Carlton Davis and embarrassing him back in, in week 12. And I, I don't think we'll see 200 plus yards in the first quarter. But the only player in the NFL this year with at least, what, 96 catches and over 1,200 yards each of the last three years is Travis Kelsey. He nearly led all receivers in yardage this year. Not tight ends, but he might as well have been considered a wide receiver. There's nobody that's a bigger mismatch in this football game than Travis Kelsey. Teams have tried over and over to try to figure out what's the best route to match up with him. There really is no answer. If they want to get the ball to Travis Kelsey, they will have success doing so. And he's both a safety valve for Mahomes, but he also still has that big play ability. There's not something that you usually see from the tight end position. Yes, he is better than Gronk as well.
2: TJ Reeves, what do you have to say about that?
19: Okay, in terms of Travis Kelsey, good luck. Devin White is on a big-time role. He'll be on him a lot of the time. In terms of Buccaneer offensive weapons, Leonard Fournette has really come into his own over the course of the last few weeks, including the three playoff games. He's been the primary back because Ronald Jones has been hurt. He's a good pass catcher. He's a good blocker. It would not surprise me at all if Leonard Fournette has over 100 yards from scrimmage between rushing and receiving in this game. Uh, Tom Brady loves to feature the backs, especially in the big game. Remember James White was the most valuable player catching like 12 or 13 passes when they came back and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Look for Leonard Fournette maybe to be the sleeper the big weapon on offense for the Buccaneers.
18: I feel like I've heard this before I got to challenge this a little bit because this is the same type of story that we had heard time and time again. I'm with you a little bit on out of the backfield in terms of Leonard Fournette being a receiver but I can't tell you over the last two years how many times people have talked about the Chiefs rushing defense and man you're just going to be able to run on this Kansas City defense. You might be actually able to do it and that is the formula in Mahomes losses over his career in a short period of time most of those teams have all been able to run for over 100 yards but the thing is for Kansas City even if you're able to come into a game where you feel like you have a, you know, a Derrick Henry, for example, or Kareem Hunt a Nick Chubb, that was always the talking point against this Chiefs defense, but it hasn't mattered for those teams. I don't know if it's as simple as a hey, Leonard Fournette goes out and has over 100 yards rushing if that means it's trouble for KC. Yeah,
19: uh, you know, I don't know that he'll have 100 by himself, but he and Ronald Jones can easily get to 100 in this game. The Buccaneers have balanced their offense more in the last seven wins with the run game, especially early on. That's something they got away from in the Kansas City loss in November. They weren't running the ball in the first half, even when they were behind to help them get first downs and grind the clock a little bit. That's going to be one of the big keys. And and KC's got to man up and demonstrate that they can stop those guys. Buccaneer offensive line has been playing better as of late as well.
2: Round four, starting with TJ Reeves from the Buccaneers radio network. Finish the sentence, defensively, if blank has a good game, my team will win.
19: As much as Alex wants to tout what happened in November with Tyreek Hill, my friend Vita Vea didn't play in the November game, and he's as big as a school building. He's listed 350. He's closer to 370 or 375 pounds. He came back off the broken leg, had missed the last three months of the season for the NFC title game. He was a huge key figuratively and literally in the middle of the defense, taking on double teams, not allowing Aaron Rodgers to step up in the pocket. It is no coincidence, Danielle and WFAN audience and wherever they're hearing us, that Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul had not one not two but five sacks in that game with Vea getting the push up the middle again that's a different factor than the November game to have Vita Vea in there if he does his thing look out for the pass rush
2: quite a statement Vita Vea is of course Alex Gold defensively if Blank has a good game the Chiefs are going to win
18: if we call him playoff Frank it's Frank Clark it did not have a very good regular season but when he is on it does take this defense to another level in fact Frank Clark the last two postseasons, nobody has more sacks in the National Football League he He's got seven of them. Nobody has more tackles for a loss, and he's second in pressures. When Frank Clark's on, this defense is at its best, and I feel like this defense gets underappreciated when you've got all the flash on the offensive side of the ball. This defense has been very good against the pass. might surprise a lot of people. Passes 10 or more yards down the field, they've actually been the best team in the against touchdown-interception ratio. So Frank Clark, when he's on, when he's smelling blood in the water, we call him Frank the Shark. Yeah, things are problematic for the opposing team.
19: I'm going to go ahead and challenge that right away for Frank the Shark or Shamu the whale or whoever else kansas city thinks they have <laughs> on the ends help me alex and danielle what do chase young marcus davenport and trey hendrickson of the uh, saints and the outside pass rushers for the green bay packers all have in common I'll answer my own question. They did nothing against the Buccaneers' tackles, Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs, really for the entire game. As it turns out, Tom Brady's been sacked two times in three games. It is going to be tough for Kansas City to get pressure with only the front four on the Buccaneer offensive line. That is something to keep your eye on because Brady's had a clean pocket for the entire postseason at this point. (laughs)
2: That was a good round, you guys. Round five, we will move to my matchup to watch personally. Is going to be obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line versus the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. Who will win that battle of the trenches? We'll go to you, Alex Gold.
18: This is one of those where I got to I got to put my gloves up and kind of go in defense mode because this one's hard to maneuver around. I'll be completely honest with you when it comes to this. Offensive Are you playing line for left Kansas tackle? <laughs> who's playing? Who's playing left tackle for the Chiefs?
19: Are you playing left I- tackle, Alex?
18: I'm only like second or third in line, I think, at this point in time. Look, this is going to be the the biggest story and difference in this game, one way or the other, I think. If Kansas City can maintain that offensive line throughout this against the pass rush for the Bucs, it's the best front seven the Chiefs have seen all year. And so they move Mike Rimmers out to left tackle, and they got Andrew Wiley's going to play right tackle. And so they've been able to piecemeal this throughout much of the season. It's actually really remarkable how deep they've gone on the depth chart. This will by far be their biggest challenge. I agree with you on Vita Vea. I think he's more problematic than actually how the tackles are going to perform. If Vita Vea is getting pressure up the middle, then it spells problem. Mahomes can't step up in the pocket. I think he can actually find ways to create some space, perhaps, even if they're getting pressure on the edges. It's really Vita Vea more than anything else. Stefan Wisniewski, who's going to play right guard, is kind of a bigger deal for me in
2: this one. TJ Reeves.
19: What do you expect me to say here? I love what Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul have been doing on the outside in this postseason. And don't forget, Indominus sue who lost to Tom Brady two years ago in the Super Bowl, playing for the LA Rams, will now be on the same side as Brady on the defensive side of the ball on his team. I think that Tampa Bay front four can give problems to the Kansas City makeshift offensive line. If the Bucs can get pressure without having to blitz, that's a big advantage for them. They were not able to get home, especially early on against Mahomes in the previous matchup. So you've hit on something that is there to watch, not just early, but as the game goes on, can the Buccaneers get pressure without having to blitz? I believe they will. How much? That'll dictate what happens in this game.
2: Moving right along to round six on the Super Bowl edition of beatboxing here on The Fan. We will start with you, Alex Gold from 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City for round six. Complete the sentence again. My concern about my team, the Chiefs, in this game is
18: that is the only concern anybody should have in kansas city about this football game is how is the offensive line going to prepare they better get pressure if you're the bucks without blitzing because you do not want to blitz patrick mahomes he has about i think it's 15 touchdowns no picks this year against the blitz in the, the last six weeks or so of the, of the regular season so if you blitz him watch out they've got to get pressure with their front four and that will be the story but there's no other area you should be concerned the chief secondary i think will hold up just fine against tom brady and that strong wide receiver core of tampa so to me it's all about the offensive line
2: TJ reeves buccaneers radio network complete dissent into my concern about my team the bucks in this super bowl is?
19: I think it's the same concern that's been there when they've had struggles, which is turning the ball over and self-inflicting with penalties. The common theme in the November 3 losses to the Saints, to the Rams, and then to the Chiefs were holding penalties, turnovers, false starts, things like that. Now, that shouldn't be a factor at home with a one-third full stadium for false starts and that kind of thing, but Tom Brady had a rough stretch in November, throwing interceptions and with turnovers. He knocked that off and it's no coincidence that they've Now won seven straight games taking care of the football. So the biggest concern for the Bucs, especially on offense, play a clean game. And their defense has been great at taking the ball away. Five takeaways in the last two playoff wins.
2: Ooh, snuck that in there. I like that. Takeaways. Okay round seven, the final round. I'm not going to give away the scorecard yet, but I, I have been taking some notes here, everybody. We'll start with you, TJ Reeves from the Tampa Bay Bucks Radio Network. Who will be hosting the Lombardi Trophy, and how will this game play out?
19: Okay, first of all, I don't know if you're taking mail-in ballots there on your tabulation, like election <laughs> night or not, on how this all gets decided. What am I going to say when I'm coming on here on the fan and on beatboxing, that the Bucks aren't going to win the game? The Bucks are going to win the game. I would be very concerned if the Buccaneers had won the first meeting and the Chiefs were going for revenge. I would be very concerned if the Buccaneer offense had been sputtering or playing poorly coming into this football game. They haven't been. I would be very concerned if the defense hadn't been coming around with the pass rush and with taking the ball away. Check, 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 and check. I'm not concerned. Buccaneers win 31-27, 34-31, something like that in a high-scoring game. Tom Brady gets his seventh and the first time ever a team wins it in their home stadium.
2: Alex Gold from 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City who will be hoisting the Lombardi trophy and how does this game play out
19: we're going to be talking
18: about the start of a dynasty after Sunday night Mahomes will have two rings we'll be talking about the door being wide open for him to chase down Tom Brady and become the next goat for the next decade or so and try to get to ring number six to tie and he'd have a tiebreaker in the Super Bowl look a lot of the talk around Kansas City much of the season heading in the playoffs was well they're not blowing anybody out they're not impressive they can they flip the switch they answered that against the browns they were up 19 to 3 before mahomes got hurt they would have blown out the browns they handled in the afc title game the buffalo bills this offense is clicking this defense is extremely underrated the chiefs will be running it back it's been the goal since the minute they won in miami a year ago and we'll maybe not having a parade in casey this year but there'll be a big
19: celebration do i have like half a challenge left i don't get half a challenge is that the final bell all I know is is if this Chiefs team like last year's Super Bowl last year is last year has Patrick Mahomes throw two interceptions in the second half they're losing if this Chiefs team is behind nine to nothing in the first half they're going to get stomped in this game in that environment I don't know what is going to happen this I team thrives
18: down TJ this team just, thrives down 24 I, nothing a year ago and they were down this is what they do
19: I do understand that Mahomes is electric with that arm and the ability to come back but so much of this is now lined up it's going to be exciting to see what happens here with brady with a new team if only we had a camera on bill belichick by the way (laughs) as this thing unfolds that would be must see tv as well daniel
2: all right i'm totaling up my points here round one (laughs) went to tj reeves even though i don't like um, mexican food typically uh, I had to go with you because you threw in right at the end. I will gladly miss my wife's food to work the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if she's you like gonna that like line. that, okay. but yeah, I. She's sure. not
19: gonna like that, but it's true.
2: <laughs> I like that. So that round one went to you there, TJ, for that round two went to Alex Gold. You said the word. It's a no-brainer. True pocket passers are, you know, basically becoming extinct, and, and I do agree with you there. All the new guys that they're drafting, they are all Patrick Mahomes type. So one one after two, round three. If the Bucks don't win, I have a, an MVP on both sides. If it's the Chiefs that win the game, my MVP is actually Travis Kelsey. So, Alex, I went with you on that one. I totally agree with you on that, and that was a good challenge in round three. Round four, Vita Vea, I underlined. Good challenge, TJ, but I had to give it to Alex because that stat about Patrick Mahomes against the Blitz really really put him over the top. So we're looking at three to one so far through four TJ, you took round five, the front four that against that makeshift offensive line, is what you said, and generating pressure without the blitz is obviously going to be the key here. And I loved when you asked Alex, are you going to be playing left tackle? I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... We are at uh, 3-2 Alex through five. Round six is going to go to TJ again, because I do like the fact that you pointed out those self-inflicting penalties and those three November losses, and they've turned it around. So we we are all tied up here. And you know what? For the first time on beatboxing, I had a check for you, TJ. I crossed it off. Then I put a check for you, Alex. And then I ended up just writing the word draw on here. So. Oh,
19: you know this, what? Is, this is like Don King back in the day, which you two are young. You always set up for the rematch or the third fight. You declared this a draw. So we got to come back at some point. I guess next year we gotta we gotta run it back next year this is Brady
18: gonna come back next year
19: I guess
2: I could not decide so at this point uh, I've my card is a
19: draw let me just try to help you in the last 15 seconds one more time there's one team playing at home there's one team that has a guy that's won six of these there's one team whose defense has been coming on like gangbusters and is much healthier than the other team. I think you know which team that is. If I didn't sell it well enough without saying their name, their initials are TB.
2: (laughs) Thank you guys for joining me.
19: Great to be on with you. Enjoyed it. A lot of fun. Thanks.
2: There's still time. I've made my decision. Now it's your turn. Head to Coach McCartan on Twitter. That's M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N to cast your vote to give out the listener's choice beatboxing belt. In doing so, please consider Strength of Argument and also Delivery.
1: Sports Radio,
2: FM. Well, 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 welcome back to McCartan After Midnight, here in the 4 o'clock hour. We have so much left to do, you guys. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know if you know that or not, but it's Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 55. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Haven't yet made my picks. I've been uh, breadcrumbing some information all along. So if you've been following, you might be able to figure it out. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that beatboxing. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, T.J. Reeves from Tampa Bay versus Alex Gold from Kansas City. If you guys wanted to go ahead and get your votes in, right? I'm I'm looking at it right now on my phone. Alex Gold is ahead just by a little bit. It was a draw. I couldn't I couldn't decide. It was a draw for me. It was a draw. So you guys, it looks the same result to you guys. There are nine minutes left to get your vote in for that. I like doing short polls because I have like. I, I want to know the answer to things. I don't like waiting too long. So you got nine minutes left at Coach MCCARTAN to get your vote in to crown the listener's choice of beatboxing. And again, right now, um, Alex Gold is ahead. <laughs> Jose says, TJ was bringing it like the home team coach with a wink face. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, just a quick thing before I, I get back to the calls 877 337 6666. Thanks to you guys that hang on or hung on throughout that. We have one line open. Uh, one thing, though, you guys, I don't know how much trust you put into this, but they ran the Madden simulation for the Super Bowl. We all know how lifelike our video games have evolved to look, but also don't forget how intelligent and true to skill set that they are. So, for what it's worth, Madden ran the official simulation of Super Bowl 55. In it, the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 37-27. And I have 7-7 seven and seven in my pool, so that would be great. How it happened uh, in the game, in the video game that is, Mahomes scored the go-ahead touchdown with a 12-yard rush. I also have Mahomes as an anytime touchdown scorer, so that's good for me too. Uh, and Then they just tacked on an extra field goal, and that was all she wrote for the Bucs. And Mahomes also took home his second consecutive MVP award in the Madden. So to the skeptic, Madden was correct last year. It picked the Chiefs to beat the 49ers, and it picked Mahomes to be the MVP. Um, And historically, though, over the past, we'll say, nine predictions, Madden simulations have a record of 5-4. and In Super Bowl Forty Nine, it nailed the Patriots over the Seahawks right down to the exact score of 28-24. So how much stock are you putting into the video game this year? If you're a Chiefs fan, I bet you believe it. And if you're a Bucks fan, I bet you don't believe it. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Eric in Ronkonkoma, you are up.
20: Hey, Danielle. That was the Marshawn Lynch game, right? Uh, yes, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's no way Madden could have figured the Madden game could have figured that was going to happen though. <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, I mean, that, that, that would have been wild if that was the case. But anyway, Madden. um, <laughs> that's crazy, but, uh, okay. A couple of things real quick. Cool. First of all, that, that was probably the best beatboxing I, I've heard yet, which I guess is kind of. I, uh, symbolic, being that uh, you know Leon Spinks just passed away the other day. Yeah, right. So that's uh, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, you know a uh, good testament uh, to him right there. You know the ferocious fighter. Um, okay. Um, only only two reasons why I'm I'm even thinking of you know uh, a plus on Tampa. One is I'm hoping you win your bet. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And right, that. you know uh, that, that that would buy a lot of mozzarella sticks. Yeah, a lot and, of mozzarella sticks. Maybe pay down a little <laughs> bit of
2: a student loan. I don't know. We'll see.
20: There you go. <laughs> and and also, uh, uh, Tony Page is a big uh, Tampa fan, so uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, so you know that that would be the other reason. Other mm-hmm. other than that, I got to go with uh, with Kansas City, but yeah. you know, especially being a Jet fan. But anyway, my friend um, told me the okay. same
2: exact thing. She was like, you know, I hope you win your bet, but I'm pulling for the Chiefs because yeah. I don't want to see Tom Brady win another game. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever, right, whatever,
20: right. <laughs> so hey, look, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be honest here. You know. Yeah, no, I appreciate um, it. Okay, uh, last week I asked you um, as far as the overall stats for uh, Trevor Bauer, which you know I, I heard you giving before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as uh, not being worth that money, and but yes. boy, he's he's definitely not worth that money. I'm sorry. No way. But here's I want to I want to I wanna play a little sports psychology with you. I um, like it. Go ahead. See what see, see what you think on this. Okay. It seems a lot of stuff has turned around in 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 a, in a downward fashion since the whole Jared Porter situation. As far as things breaking for the Mets, mm-hmm. okay. <clears throat> Sandy Alderson, you know, by definition, the way he does things is he's used to trying to get the most from uh, at, from doing the least, in, in a sense, as far as his transactions. Uh, so I'm wondering. Well, wait, wait, give me, if, me an example
2: of that. Well. For okay. Instance. Well, I
20: mean, he tries to he tries to find bargain-based uh, uh, type deals, okay. but you know, th- hoping to get the most out of out of that, you know, th- those players. Okay, like high, high side not... guys,
2: like
20: right, exactly. Okay. okay, I'm wondering if that had any effect on them, maybe not going in for that extra year on Springer. Uh, you know, in, in, in that case, now that also coincided with the with the, the Porter situation happening. So the, he might've just maybe slipped through their fingers for that reason as well. But I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, but also Brad hand as well ended up going to Washington when they clearly had a need for him as well. Yeah, I think, uh, and he went to, he went to a major competitor.
2: Yeah. I so, think though that um, the, the hang up on that I read was that hand, Wanted to be a closer. He wanted to be a closer. Right, and right. The, the Mets for right. some reason he was going to close on my Mets team. I don't know why the Mets wouldn't, let, let, you know, give him the opportunity because it takes the pressure off of Edwin Diaz, who struggles here right. in New York. But that's besides the point. Um, go ahead, keep continue. Go ahead.
20: Well, because that, that's that. Well, and that kind of falls in line with it as well because I'm just wondering why, you know, look, look. I, I know, I know. Steve Cohen said he's not going to spend a zillion dollars, which I wouldn't expect them to. I mean, you know, you're not going to get everybody that that you're shooting for, but it seems like a lot of the ones, Trevor Bauer aside, because he clearly used them, Right. Uh, and, agree, and I'll yeah. bring that point up in a second. Yep. Uh, but, but it seems like for whatever reason, a lot of these other uh, really gettable, I guess, players, for some reason, ended up slipping through the fingers. And uh, I'm still wondering if they're going to get somebody for center field now because, uh, you know, I mean, the, Let's be honest, the spring training starts in a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, but so, also Jackie Bradley Jr. doesn't have a team, so I'm sure that the, the Mets are going to make a play at him. You know what? I, I, well, He's asking like,
20: for a lot of money.
2: I know. I know he is. Well, he can because now Springer's off the board. But I, I guess maybe I'll play some psychology back is is maybe, maybe the Mets were the ones to say, like, no on Springer. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it wasn't Springer's decision. Maybe it was like the Mets were like, you know what? You're not as good as we think you are or as you think you are, so we're going to. We're gonna let you go. Something like that. I don't know. I'm not in the right. Well, right.
20: Well, that's right. That's what I'm leading to, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know the, you know, given the need for the position, though, that the Mets have, the you know, and and the fact that again Bradley is asking for what he is. I mean, you know, what's the difference in reality between? Uh, spending what they would have for Springer as opposed to what they're going to have to now spend for Bradley when Springer would have been the uh, definitely the upside yeah uh to the to the two players yeah, that, that's what I'm saying yeah, I'm wondering I'm wondering yeah I'm am I'm wondering if you know Sandy Alderson you know just you know uh, he doesn't tend to go for the big player generally so yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. I wanted to throw that out there, see what you thought on that. I guess and, he's in good with as, all the
2: years of the, the Will Ponds not to. I don't know. I'm making a joke, but I don't. I don't really know. It's a good question. I don't know the answer. To well, it.
20: that's well, that, that that's a whole other situation. But even when he was with Oakland and everything, I mean, he he basically made his career by trying to, you know, go the bargain, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the bargain route. Yeah. Yeah. As far as as far as Bauer, I, I mentioned it. I'm not sure if it was on on, on your show, but I mentioned that. That I would not be surprised in the least, and I, and I didn't bring him up specifically, but that players are now going to start using the Mets as ways of getting higher money, else, you know, elsewhere. Mm-hmm you know, because of the fact that Steve Cohen owns the team, mm-hmm. they know, I mean, everyone knew the second he got approved that there's big bucks out there. Yep. And, you know, even, even if they don't want to come to the match, they're going to use them now yep. as a way to get the, the you know, the highest uh, um, payout. So yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not surprised with that uh, aspect. Anyway, yeah. uh, uh, listen, enjoy the game. And, uh, you know, hopefully you escape some of the weather we're going to get here later.
1: Yeah. I and
20: know. Uh, Yeah. All um, right, Eric. Thanks but for calling. Enjoy call. the game, it. and hopefully, hopefully, you win your bet there. No. Yeah,
2: <laughs> thanks. Enjoy the game. You too, Eric. Thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, great points. Eric always brings brings good points to the table here. I, I don't know. I'm not in the uh, in the room with them as they're negotiating, but it's it's not a surprise. It's it's pretty obvious that the Mets were used as leverage in order for uh, Trevor Bauer to become the highest paid MLB player uh, in this current year. You know, based on annual value. Um, and in the open, we talked about how he's. Uh, making $3 million more than Mike Trout. And from Mike Trout, in the order that you guys call it, from Mike Trout to Mike in Hawaii. Mike, you are the farthest phone call tonight so far. <laughs> How you doing, Danielle? Aloha from Hawaii. Awesome. That's so cool. Thanks for yeah, you're listening dad. on the radio.com app, I assume.
21: Absolutely, yeah. I was streaming it. My uh, my dad turned me on to your show, and uh, yeah, I got to admit, it's a pretty good show. And I agree with him. You definitely deserve more days. Hopefully, we can get that done.
2: Uh, I hope so. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. So, what do you got for me um, tonight?
21: My question for you is: Obviously, we all we all saw Week Twelve, and yes. you know the tale of the two halves. And yes. I'm just curious about your opinion. Do you see one of those halves playing out as in a blowout per se, or do you see it being a closer game or them going back and forth? I know you haven't picked the winner yet, but, but
2: do you yeah. have
11: an opinion on what you think the game flow
2: will be? Mike, that, that's a great question. I know you waited on hold a long time, but I'm going to give you a really great answer for it. You ready for it?
11: <laughs> I'm ready.
2: Okay, so I'm, I'm so glad you brought up Week 12, Mike. Week 12. Throwback Thursday here to Week 12 when the Chiefs beat the Bucks, Raymond James Stadium, 27-24. By the way, before we even get into that game, realist, uh, ritualistic or superstitious, shall we say, the Chiefs are using their exact same travel itinerary from Week 12. They left Kansas City on Saturday at the same time they left in week 12. They're staying in the same hotel they stayed at in week 12, and they're hoping for the same result as week 12. In that game Mahomes, video game stuff. We just talked about video games. 462 passing yards, three touchdowns, a 125 rating. Tyreek Hill was the main thing here, right? And I know that's what you're getting at, Mike. Tyreek Hill, week 12, 13 receptions, 269 yards, three touchdowns. Amazing, though was the first quarter. That first quarter, he had 7 receptions, 203 yards and 2 touchdowns in the first quarter alone. But do you know what that means? That means that in quarters 2, 3 and 4, the Bucks defense held him to just 66 yards. So there's the flip side of that coin, you know? So the Chiefs were able to get out to I think it was 20 to 3 or 20 to 7 by halftime of that game. It's not going to happen again. The Bucks are going to clamp down. This is going to be a close game. And you ask yourself, so, okay, so he had a huge first quarter, and then, you know, all right, I, you know, 66 yards and a touchdown after that is still good. But what happened? What adjustment did Todd Bowles make? Tyreek Hill explained it himself. He said, "He Tyreek Hill said that putting Carlton Davis on me, slowing me down, and bringing the safety over the top, a bit to double me and Travis Kelsey. That kind of slowed us down a lot. Plus, their front seven is tremendous. So that's how it's going to look defensively later today for sure. And I want you to book that. This game is not going to be like Week Twelve, you know, you know where the where the Chiefs just jumped out and and, and then put their foot on on the Patriots. Um, Patriots, what a Freudian slip that was on on the Buccaneers' throats there. You know, so. Uh, you know, It's just twenty years of, of associating Tom Brady with the Patriots, but it's it's not going to be where they just jump out and then they, the game is over by the first quarter. It's not going to be that. You, you saw it based on quarters two, three, and four that week as well. So I'm sure there. This is going to be this is going to be an old school style shootout. However, though, I think in the first quarter. Speaking of game flow, Mike, um, game flow. I don't see it going like zero to sixty right away. I just. Always in the Super Bowl, I feel like the teams always, like, feel each other out, try to establish themselves cautiously, and then I feel like that's how it's it's going to play out. That's how I think. Um, so I think that by the second quarter, we're going to see some steam, and by the third quarter, it's just going to be, you know, all over. It's going to be, like, shoot out left and right. So uh, I know I have not made a pick yet. That is coming. I'm dropping some hints. By the way, the Chiefs are three-point favorites at this point in time. And the over-under is 56 points. 56. And the Bucks are trying to become the fourth card team since 2002, which feels like so close ago, but it was like 19 years ago. So the Bucs maybe are the fourth card team in 19 years to reach the Super Bowl. And I know around here, Giants fans know that well. They're, 2007, their team was one of them. Defeating, guess who? Brady and the Patriots 19 years ago. Are you kidding me? And the Giants that year, by the way, beat the Buccaneers at Raymond James stadium. in that first round in the playoffs final score was 24, 14. And guess who was there? Me. I was there. Me and my dad were there. And I remember, I told you this story once before, but I remember that game. We were walking out of the stadium, Raymond James stadium. And like, like through like the, the parking lots, the grass parking lots down there. You know what I'm talking about. If you've been there, um, beautiful stadium. I really enjoy that stadium actually. Um, and the, the sand pit that they have out in front and the, the pirate ships you could take pictures in. Bully me, I've done it all. But um, I remember my dad said to me, he's like, well, the Giants live another week. Little did we know that they would be upsetting the Patriots, the uh, the undefeated Patriots, in the Super Bowl that year. I mean, that's crazy. And my ex-factor of the game, Steve Spaniola, was the defensive coordinator for the Giants. I'm just saying. All right, we are drawing nearer and nearer to pick time. I think in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to be giving you my pick. Maybe. We'll see. That's going to be dependent on, on, on your phone calls, 877-337-6666. Hang in there. I will get to you, I promise, and I will give you your fair shake as always. And remember, at 440, we've got Steve McClendon coming up, 440. I'm Danielle Cardon on The Fan.
3: Get ready for Super Bowl 55. It's Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Bucks and Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs. And we've got full color coverage and all the play-by-play. Tonight at 6:30 with our pregame coverage underway at 2 p.m. Exclusively on The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. I'm trying to put you in the worst mood.
2: Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight. This is The Weeknd. Obviously, uh, probably one of his uh, more famous songs, actually, here The Weeknd. Uh, he will be the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Um, I've been weaving—Nick Nick and I have been weaving in songs of the performers uh, throughout the whole show tonight. So just, you know, so you guys are—if you don't know, if you're not familiar, so you can become familiar. So I'm, I'm teaching you. We're teaching you. Um, my parents really weren't too sure about The Weeknd either, but— um, I played a couple songs, and my mom was like, yeah, I think I I think I heard that once or twice on the radio. Um, one of the most popular songs, obviously. He's going to be seeing it later today. I, I'm imagining, like, this highly artistic performance. That's just kind of who he is, and the best halftime show you've ever seen. Here's my question to you. In recent memory, I'm going to go with Lady Gaga in Super Bowl 51, the one where she jumped in from the roof of NRG Stadium in Houston. I watched it again, actually, Saturday morning. Just what an amazing performer she is. She's got an amazing voice underneath all of the crazy. You have to see her in concert. I promise you won't be disappointed. And by the way, Stephanie Angelina germanata that's her real name. She's a fellow New Yorker and a fellow Sicilian American. But 12-year-old me, you guys, is picking the 2001 Super Bowl halftime show. Also from Raymond James Stadium when the Ravens beat the Giants. It was NSYNC, Britney Spears, Aerosmith, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. It was just a clean, eclectic performance. It was just ahead of its time. I'd say something for everyone, especially ages. As a 12-year-old watching it with my family, it was good. And the Backstreet Boys, by the way, performed the National Anthem that the year. So there you go. We got Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan this year. Back to the phones, 877-337-6666. We've got one line open right now. It has your name all over it. Vernon in Manhattan, you are on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How you doing? I'm good, Vernon. What's up this week?
22: Well, this week I have to say the best halftime show that I have ever seen at the Super Bowl was Michael Jackson.
1: Oh, what jumped- year was that?
22: Oh, you got this you have to see it. Okay. He he jumps up on one part of the stadium up on top. Then he jumps up on the other part of the stadium up on top. Then he jumps up on the stage right there. There's three Michael Jacksons.
2: What? The best one I've ever seen. All right, 1993 it says. I just googled it. I will watch this. 1993 that makes me 5 years old. So give me a, give me a pass <laughs> on that one. <laughs> but okay, I will watch so that.
22: Okay, so baseball season's about to start. Before I get to the Super Bowl, and here's your homework question. (laughs) Okay, baseball. Nineteen eighty-six. The Mets were in the World Series. This was in Game Six. Mm -hmm. The Mets was losing, and they had um, losing by two runs, and there was no runners on the base, two outs. One of the starters of the Mets had the nerve to go into the locker room and make a phone call seeking to get a plane out of New York City. What? And it's, yes, he did. And the thing that brought him from the locker room back to the field, as the fans started uh, standing up, jumping up and down, the dust from the ceiling started coming on top of him <laughs> in the locker room.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he
22: comes out to see, and all of a sudden, the Mets win the game. This particular starter was on the infield. Who was
2: that starter? I can't see Gary Carter doing something like that. Uh As Yogi Berra said,
22: it ain't over till it's over.
2: Huh. Was it Keith Hernandez?
22: <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it was.
2: I got that's the first one I've gotten right. Like yes. Yes. <laughs> wow, Keith you Hernandez it. nailed it.
22: Yes, cuz he talked about it later on. After the years passed, what happened to him when he realized he he did, did a mistake.
2: Uh, Fern, I'm so proud of myself right now. I'm like patting my, <laughs> myself on. You have some hard questions. You bring it every week. I appreciate it.
22: Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Here's my thought. What is your thought on the Super Bowl having um, covert dogs there? The dogs actually will sniff you. I've seen if that. You. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If the dog sniffs you and it finds out that you are considered a Cobra person, you can't go in the stadium. I like it. So what do you what do you do with the tickets? <laughs> you What's scalp them talk? outside. <laughs> <laughs> You can't because if you're close by the stadium, you will
2: get locked up. Yeah, I know. You got to be, you got to be what, whatever, how far away. Yeah, I know. Uh, It sucks. I mean, but, you know, if you're going to the Super Bowl, if you're playing in the Super Bowl, I I feel like you should be really cautious of, you know, of that. But there's got to be, is there like a, all right, so the dog smells something. Is there like a secondary rapid piece, you know, rapid test you could take to confirm or deny it
22: at that point? That's what I would demand.
2: you, You can't get in. That's
22: the, that's the deal. Huh. So they're looking for the safety for the fans, and that's a horrible thing to happen to a person. Yeah. Personally, I wouldn't buy a ticket. I, I understand you're going to be playing
2: softball this year, right? Oh, yeah. I'm playing on the on Boomer's team this year, yeah. Okay, so let me tell you about the uh, Gil
22: Hodges syndrome. You wanted to play shortstop, but he's putting you at third base. Am
2: I correct? I th- Well, he asked about third. I actually think I might be catching, actually. Oh
22: no no no! <laughs>
2: we haven't oh, we haven't worked it out yet.
22: Okay, so go talk to him about the Gil Hodges syndrome. The Gil Hodges syndrome was simply in 1969 when he took over. Uh, I think it was 68. Well, he looked at each player. He told them to come out on the field, and he watched them practice on the field, the position they wanted.
1: Mm-hmm.
22: He made changes. So for you, you tell Boomer, I want to do the Gil Hodges syndrome. I want to play shortstop. Put me out there for a try. Put me in coach. Think about that. And I before, before I go, Daniel, I want to sing you a little song since you like country music and tell me who that singer is.
2: You ready? All right, I'm ready. Okay. You gotta
22: know when the holdin' know when the no wind to walk away. You never count your money. Sitting at the table. All right, Vernon, I
2: had an assist here. I'm going to be honest. Nick, okay. Nick says Kenny Rogers. That is correct. Yeah, I know the song. I just never <laughs> knew who sang it, though. But, yeah, it's a classic. He shouldn't,
22: he shouldn't have jumped in. I want to see if he can get uh, it. No, no, he Where asked
2: He asked if I needed help. I nodded.
22: <laughs> anyway, you'll both have a nice day. Go Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> Vernon, thanks Bye. for the call. I appreciate it uh Yeah, thanks. For, thanks for the assistant. I, I I know the song. I just didn't know who sang it. That's all.
7: Yeah, I'm not a big country person, but that's like one of the. Yeah, I feel like everybody knows that song,
2: right? It's like "Country Roads," take yep. me home, like that too. All right, let's go to Dave in West Babylon. Dave, you are on the fan.
7: How you doing,
23: Coach? I'm good. How you doing? How are you? I think I think it's kind of ironic. When I'm gonna make the comments that I make, and I've been on Twitter for you, for, it seems like a day and a half. Um, <laughs> I'm always now, on Twitter. <laughs> when, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of take the role of a uh, union representative because I, I happen to be one. Okay, and I might ask you a couple of questions. First off, wait,
2: wait, which role am I playing well,
23: though? Well, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> well,
2: what do you mean we'll see? Yeah. All
23: right, give me the question. probably 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 as a union rep for for. Uh, Female reporters actually, um but um my first comment to Mr. Bauer, shut up and pitch, yeah, okay, <laughs> seriously, just shut up and pitch uh, don't worry, don't worry about Mets fans uh twitter uh, people, tweeters, don't worry about your brand, although I have a logo for you as as uh, as you saw on Twitter <laughs> uh you know the the Democrats already took the jackass, but I'm sure we could rework it for you. Earn your money if you can. Don't worry about all the extraneous stuff and stop bullying people, the girls on Twitter. Um, I have a couple of things. The first thing, um, I don't know how many people you've actually interviewed, how how many Mets players you've interviewed or coaches you've interviewed or any of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it just seems to me that Steve Cohen, first off, he got put in kind of a an awkward situation with the history of this, you know, of some of the people, Mickey Calloway. And then you have Jared Porter, who just got hired, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think they knew about it. but I don't think they did either. Jared there there really is no led,
2: way.
23: Yeah, but go ahead. After Jared Porter gets let go, he puts in a uh, an offer to Mr. Bauer, who they have to have known of some of his behavior.
1: Yes, they had
23: to. Do yeah. you just think that that's a tone deaf situation? My thing is, he made the comment. Steve Cohen made the comment that that kind of behavior will not be tolerated. And then he put a you know, then he put an offer in to Bauer. He has to know that if you're going to try to sign uh, baseball players, mm-hmm. the baseball players' wives have a lot to say about where they're going to go, and if they think that the Mets or a bunch of misogynistic jerks, they're not going to want their husbands to go there, you know? Hmm. Um,
1: Hmm.
23: My question to you, the first first point, or the first part of this, before I get into the players and who, who should be signed, is do you think there is a systemic issue, or do you just think this was a couple of isolated things? and that uh, Steve Cohen was tone deaf in this particular situation.
2: Uh, and, and in re- yeah, in regards to the Mets in particular, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been there. I've been in their clubhouse in, in total. I've been there two times. Two okay. times it's been nothing but amazing to me. I mean, I've had people okay. helping me out in there, other reporters, right. that is, male reporters, Tim Healy, he, he helped me out the two times I was right. there. Uh, I've never experienced it, although I am very grateful to those who have stood up to weed those people out so that I don't have to experience here here in New York. Um, I I think it's a systemic problem across, you know, uh, across all sports, to be honest, I think. And I think that if more women were included in in the hiring process, or even like before I said, like, okay, well, why don't you go ahead and interview some of the beat reporters? You know, they're the eyes and the ears, aren't they? So I think that would be something that I would like to see moving forward. As far as the Mets, I'm not sure. You know, there was no way for them to, like you said, there was no way for no, them to know about that. And I, I don't know. I, I just think but that I'll, moving forward, I wish yeah. that they would include more women in the hiring process, whether that be wanna, on the beat or. Don't or get too,
23: mm-hmm. Yeah, don't want to get too deep into it. But the first thing is, kudos to the person who brought this out, yep. and to how to how they handled the fact that originally the foreign correspondent. Didn't want to come forward, exactly. but he held the information and then did it in a very respectful way. I appreciate – I can't remember the reporter's name I know they off didn't, the top I, of my well, head. Well, they
2: didn't release the name as far as I know. They, she didn't want it to be released. No, not
23: not the name of the foreign correspondent, but the name of the person who put the story out. What was his name? Oh, it was
2: Jeff Passan and uh, – Jeff Passan. Yeah. It was
23: Passan. Okay. Yeah. So so there's there's that. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's a systemic issue that you you can't just – put this under the rug.
2: Yeah, and no, Bauer
23: I agree. Mm-hmm. is a pig. Yeah, okay? and you know what? You make I,
2: I, a good point. It's an inter- interesting conundrum, uh, and it's something that I would like to ask uh, of them if I ever got the opportunity, that, that exact question that you just asked. Yeah, I, I like it.
16: Yeah,
23: and the second thing is, um, as as an uh, arbitrator, or, or when, you're, when you're looking at salaries,
1: mm-hmm.
23: how much is one Cy Young worth? Not only yeah. for Trevor Bauer, but also for Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta won the Cy Young with an amazing year. He had like a 1.77 ERA. I think it was in 2016. Mm-hmm. He got a he got a $25 million a year contract for 3 years and he's not really doing that much. And now we're we're talking about looking to get him. Now I know the Cubs the Cubs said that they don't they they think that he's asking for too much money. I don't know how much that is. Well- but how much do you
1: think yeah, how Jake much Arrieta
23: is actually worth, or Lorenzo Kane, who won like I think he won one uh, Gold
2: Glove. Yeah, and it's a good question there, Dave, and thanks. I'm going to hang up on you so you can hear it. So, but um, and Lorenzo Kane was the other one. So, I, I, you know what? I don't know if you could kind of, and, I, and we got to run because we got a uh, Steve McClendon coming up in, in two minutes. But <clears throat> as far as uh, Arietta, he he is someone I did look at for the Mets. Um, or for the Yankees more, actually, I really didn't look at him for the Yankees more so because I always go by spot track and they kind of calculate the annual market value. Um, and it's obviously coming up on the teams to to either match that or go under it or over it. And Bauer was way over, but they're, they're saying that Jake Arrieta's annual market value is $6.5 million is what I have here. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that I think that would be lowballing it a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I think he'll end up getting more closer to maybe like ten, um, which would fit in both teams' budgets. Actually, I think for the Mets, oh well, Jake Arrieta would be a good fit too. But the Mets are kind of just looking for an innings eater up until uh, up until Noah Syndergaard could come back. So Arietta his career average uh, innings pitched per hundred sixty two games is one ninety nine. I think that makes him attractive to the Mets, also to the Yankees. Um, because they're looking for some, some, I don't know, reinforcements with, with their starting rotation too. So, um, I guess in the order, in the order that I would pick them, would be uh, for both teams. Even actually, although the Yankees would probably not be in on my number two choice. So, for the Mets, I would go Arietta, Paxton, Odoridzi, Walker. For the Yankees, I would go probably Arietta. Odorici, Walker, forget Paxton. That's how I would do it. Um, but, yeah, it's a good question. I don't, you know, it, it, it depends. It depends on, I don't know if there's a, you know, one Cy Young gets you $20 million. I, I don't know if, it, I mean, it doesn't exist, but it just depends on uh, the market and, and and everything and the availability, supply and demand, all that. So I'm sure you know that. All right, we've got Steve McClendon, very excited. Steve McClendon, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive lineman up next on The Fan.
1: Daniel McGuire, Sports Radio, one of the line the band, the Joining us
2: on McCartney After Midnight is Steve McClendon, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nose tackle, who so graciously has carved out some time for us. He's preparing for the Super Bowl, but he's here with us on McCarton After Midnight, here on The Fan. Steve, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
24: Thank you for having me.
2: 10 years ago, you were wearing black and yellow in a Super Bowl loss. Fast forward to 2021, and you're back, wearing red, white, and pewter, playing in the Super Bowl in your home stadium. Not many guys get that second chance, Steve. Um, What will you make sure to do this time around that you didn't do 10 years ago?
24: Well, the difference was 10 years ago, uh, I was a young guy. I I really didn't play in that game, right? You know, that that game was most of the veterans. Uh, I basically watched that game from the sideline. But after the game, it was so emotional because I understood how hard we all worked to get to that point. And I understood uh, how close those guys were, like we were all on that team, like how close everyone was and how hard they would fight for 60 minutes. And what I'd done from that day forward was I put all my time, I sacrificed a lot just for one coming goal, and that was that team ultimate goal. And that's just to have opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. And every offseason, every season, I always train with that in mind. The only thing that I ever saw was the, the 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 Lombardi trophy. Never knew where it was gonna come from or how I would get there or get back here. All I did was stay consistent, working working. At the beginning of this season, um when I was in New York, uh one of the coaches had put up on the on our Zoom call uh, a Super Bowl trophy with Tampa Bay Buccaneers in front of the trophy, uh, because they was basically saying this was the home stadium, but they put the flag in front of the trophy. And um, I screenshotted it. I screenshotted it. And uh, and guys was like, man, like, you know, a lot of guys have those conversations like, do y'all think Tom Brady will get in the Super Bowl? And for instantly, everybody had already said yes. And I always would ask guys, I was like, well, who are the other team that's going to be in the Super Bowl? And um, they would always pick other teams. And I was like, why not us? And this is what I used to tell some of the guys in, in New York or, you know, some guys that I trained with. So why not you be in the Super Bowl? I was like, you put on your pads, you put on your clothes, you put on your uniform, you go to work just like they do. So why not you be in the Super Bowl? Like, what makes you that much different? What makes this team that much different? All it takes is a, a collective group of guys to, to sacrifice, to sacrifice everything for this one come and go for like six to seven months, maybe eight, nine months out of the year. And if you do that, you will have at least have the opportunity. And that's one thing I can say about Tom. He sacrificed a lot for this opportunity. And a lot of guys here have sacrificed a lot for this opportunity. And that's what the great teams do. Um, I can't speak for Kansas City because I'm not there. But for them, to, in, order, in order to get in this championship game, back-to-back years, they had to sacrifice a lot. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I took from 10 years ago to today. Every single day when you wake up and open my eyes, I ask myself, Steve, how are you going to get 1% better today? And I was like, what are you working towards? And I always have this saying, it's called pay the price or sacrifice to live in paradise. This upcoming Sunday, I get the opportunity to live in paradise. Brother, win or lose, I get to live in paradise.
2: Well, paradise in Tampa Bay, obviously, it's a home stadium. We all know we've been, I mean, you're at your house now. What are the advantages of it? We know. But is there a scenario where playing in a home stadium in the Super Bowl could be a disadvantage?
24: To be honest, I've never done it. But I, I think it's the advantage for for us because we're making history. That's the biggest thing. I feel like we're making history, so that's that's the advantage. You never had a home team make it to the Super Bowl and play in their home stadium. So for us to do it, to be part of it, I think it takes that much more pride in your job, and your work, to just do more. Uh, I'm not going to just say just do more, but be better and be more for these next five days because – after this week, it's all over. When it's all said and done, it's all over. It's no tomorrow. It's no next year because next year is not promised and tomorrow is not promised. So when you get an opportunity to step on that field, I always say this, sacrifice everything you have for 60 minutes. Let passion, let passion take over. Let hard work take over. Let your focus take over. Let your driven take over. Understand that you have one life to live, and that's the day.
2: Steve, I'm ready to run through a wall for you. <laughs> we're talking with Steve <laughs> McClendon, a, a 2020 Jet, now playing in Super Bowl 55. You know, 2020 has been a crazy three and a half months for you, to say the least. And, you know, you just you, you alluded to, you were in New York, the Jets were 0-6 when you were traded, and now you're playing in the Super Bowl, obviously, in the same season. So since we're here in New York right now, what message do you have for Jets fans about this team's future?
24: Uh, so one thing I, I got, man, y'all have—they have hired uh, uh, that I feel is another great coach. They have a lot of great guys there that are eager to win. That I still talk to and mentor on a daily basis. And I, I tell the Jazz Nation, just stay consistent with the team, stay strong, and understand that those guys are really, 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 really working for one common goal, and that's to win a championship. That like I can, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Those guys are really working hard. It's some guys, as soon as the season ended, they started working and started getting prepared for the next upcoming season. And that's what I like to see. And yeah, you said the one thing that I I, I look at as an inspiration, the Lord tells us, man, those are her first that shall be last. And those are the last that shall be first. So I look at it like this, you know, I started off this season last and I have an opportunity to be first.
2: Speaking of coaching, Todd Bowles stood on the table for you in Tampa. He said it, outwardly a very calm guy so that's a huge statement so what do you think it was that he went to bat for you so strongly to join his defense in Tampa? Uh,
24: I mean I I have the utmost respect for uh, Coach Bowles and everything that he stands for Um, I respect that man just like he was my father and I will fight for him any single day of the week Uh, it's just 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 who he is the fire he brings to the game the way he he loves the game but not only that the way he loves you as a man. You know, he, he he talks to you as a man, he helps you as a man. Like this is outside of the game and anybody that will help you outside this game, you're willing to fight for him extra hard inside this game. And he understand that it is a game, but it's a game amongst men that are coming together. And he's all about team. He's all about togetherness. He all about communication. Um, he's all about being a smart person, smart man, not just a smart football player, but a smart man. And the one thing that I always take from Coach Bowles is Coach Bowles will always be when the first one's in and the last one's out. It's hard to outwork a person that's willing to get up at four every morning and leave at 10 at night, 11 at night. It's hard to beat that type of person because they're, they're singular focus on one thing. And that's that one come goal that we're all trying to accomplish. And that's a championship. And was one of the main reasons why I made that, the saying of pay the price of sacrifice to live in paradise. I watched him for two and a half years in New York With while I was there, um, he was there as well. I would always go go to work early and he would already be in the work and already did, did some cardio, like he walked the field and he's at work at 4 a.m. and he's put in already two or three hours more than some guys they probably gonna do in a whole day. And that right there was like, man, he's really paying the price of sacrifice. He sacrifices so much for us. And now I'm proud to be along his side to fight with him in this championship game. And like I said, that's our paradise.
2: A sign of the times, you took a trip to the COVID list January 1st, and I'm not asking you to you know, get into any of that. But what I would like to ask you is, what would you like to say to the healthcare workers around the country, and especially those that will be there at the game in person?
24: I just want to say thank you for helping us. I know it's a a struggle and I know it's a time, but y'all also are making the ultimate sacrifice. You're putting your lives on the line, not just the health workers. There's just so many people that are putting their lives on the line. But I want to just say a special thank you for everything that that they're doing to to come up with and help fight this nasty virus. Uh, At the end of the day, I just want everybody to understand we are stronger together. We're weak, very weak apart. And if we stand together and we stay strong together, we will overcome anything.
2: Another Jets angle. Also in the month of October, your former Jets and Steelers teammate, Le'Veon Bell, found himself on a new team. The new team happens to be your opponent in the Super Bowl. So (laughs) over the past two weeks, I mean, have you guys texted about this unique parallel path that you guys are on?
24: Uh, Actually, No. We both understand. Uh, there's a couple guys on the team that I played with in New York, um, or played elsewhere with, and no, don't, none of us really said anything because they understand to me, to them, they understand how much this game means to me, and I understand how much this game means to them. So we both gonna, we are all gonna stay singular, focus on the task at hand, and that one task is just the best man shall win in the end. Will it
2: feel good to tackle them though?
24: Come on. I'm just gonna feel good, good. to hit any one of them. So, like that's that's the game. I'm I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play.
2: I'm a huge proponent, and my listeners know of women in sports. What does your assistant defensive line coach Lori Locus bring to the table?
24: You know, in in, in football, we never had a mother on the team that's in the classroom. So I, I look at low. that's what we call a low. I look at low as like that mother. And I, I look at our defensive line coach, like our father, he's basically getting, preparing us for the upcoming game, him and, him and Coach Bowles. So I look at it like this. It's some things that might fall through the crack through the coaches, but with her, she's that person that will come to you and let you know. And also she will help correct the coaches. She will help them with so much. And I always say behind every great team, there's behind every great man there's an amazing great woman because that man can't be great without a woman.
2: My matchup to watch in the game, or one of them, is going to be your unit against the Chiefs' offensive line that will, for the listeners, definitely be without two starters, Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz. And Your team sacked Aaron Rodgers five times in the NFC Championship game, and I'm not asking you to give up the nuclear code here, but the game plan for Mahomes has to be different than the game plan for Rodgers, no? I'll
24: just say this. The one thing is, man, we're a, common, we're a group of guys that understand what's going on this weekend. We understand who he is, what he brings to the table, and what he does very well. So we just have to make sure we execute our game plan better than they execute theirs. Like I always tell guys, man, you're not competing with the other team, not only just competing with the other team, you're competing with yourself. How well have you done your job in these past two weeks? How much time have you put into your your personal crowd in these past two weeks? Like, It's more about yourself preparing for this game than really competing against your, component, your opponent. Because at the end of the day, if you prepare as well as possible, you do everything that you know that you have done up under the sun um, and up under the moon, then you will come out victorious. So I, so for me, I, I never really get into the battle between just competing with my opponent because my biggest critic, my, my biggest opponent is the man I look at every day in the mirror. That's why I always say get 1% better today.
2: In that mirror, do you have a special Super Bowl dance plan for when you sack them? <laughs> um,
24: I, I, I do. I do, but I just want everybody to wait until, until game time to see it or talk about it or hear about it and anything.
2: Oh, no. You're not going to give us a preview of it?
24: Nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I I think that's is that's the whole point of making that day a special day because we are coming for them, and, and, and I understand that they're coming for us as well. and. I, like I said, it, like I say it again, may the best man win. The I'm, best group of men win.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for it. Week 12, we all got a Super Bowl preview, treated to it. What sticks out to me in that game was just this fast start that he got off to, 20-7 at halftime. We aren't that far removed from that game. So what is something that your unit kind of wants to improve upon?
24: I just feel like we have grown so much since that time. And it was an eye-opener for us. I just feel like when you when you have a team like this that's so talented and so good, you have to figure out ways to stay motivated. As veterans, we have to make sure that we continue to motivate. That was one of the biggest things. I, I felt like that we wasn't as motivated. Even though that team was the Super Bowl champions from the year before, I don't feel like we was as motivated to win that game as they were. I, I do think that our game plan was a good game plan because in the second half, we was like, all right, let's turn it on. No, this game, what what makes this game different is because you can't let a team like Kansas City to jump up on you. And now you also can't let a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers jump up on you because at the end of the day, if you let a team like that jump up on you, three touchdowns, I'm not saying neither quarterback can't do it or neither team can't do it, but it's going to be very, very difficult to come back from – being down three scores um, and win the game. And I'm not saying it's impossible because I feel like if you look at the word impossible, it's telling telling you I'm possible, so I know it's possible. But I just say, you know that guy on the other side is gonna be giving everything he has for 60 minutes. So make sure you're doing the exact same. So what I think the difference is, is just our preparation and understanding that we know is no tomorrow and it's only that day.
2: Yeah. And just wrapping up here with Steve McClendon, Bucks defensive lineman, I saw a quote that you said, you said the ultimate goal that I want is to accomplish in this business is a Super Bowl. I want to win a Super Bowl. Will you and the Buccaneers be hoisting that Lombardi trophy at Raymond James Stadium?
24: That is most definitely the plan. I will never deter away from that plan. And whether as a player, as a coach, or whether whomever, I, whomever I am in this business, that will always be the one goal that I will seek out for Absolutely, every single year, every single day, until I get it.
2: <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time out of your—I know it's resi- very busy, Super Bowl week—to uh, talk with me. You're easy to root for, Steve. Good luck. I hope you do win it all.
24: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you.
2: How awesome is Steve McClendon? And just a little note about women in the Super Bowl this week for Back Sports Page. I had actually the opportunity to sit in with uh, Lori Locust, media availability. So. Uh, she said there's a, a blessing and a curse to media coverage in regards to women's coaches. It, it, what it looks like sometimes is that we've just sprung up out of nowhere, whereas there are hundreds of women that are at various levels of football and they've been earning their positions. This is her in the media availability on their own without any help from anyone else. This is where this starts to take shape is there's a pipeline that Sam Rappaport has championed and put together with the NFL. So um, she said also as far as the, the diversity on the Buccaneers coaching staff, Locus pointed to uh, to Bruce Arian's leadership. She she said, it starts with B.A. It's working, and hopefully it'll set an example for the rest of the league to take notice and stop being maybe so narrow in their candidate searches. So also appearing alongside Locus in the Super Bowl, just so you guys know, something to look for. Sarah Thomas, as, as Ben mentioned before, Ben from Queens, Sarah Thomas, the first female official to work a Super Bowl. And then you got, also he mentioned these two for Tampa Bay, Meryl, Oh, I want to say it's uh, – it's they call her MJ, but Meryl Java Javadifar, Javadifar, I'm going to go with. Strength and conditioning coach assistant for the um, Tampa Bay Bucks. Carly Helfland, scouting assistant for the Bucks, Jackie Davidson, director of football research for the Bucks. Arians, by the way, said that they worked their tails off and are more than qualified. And for Kansas City, we've got Julie Freimeyer and Tiffany Morton, assistant athletic trainer. So there you go. There you go. And Steve McClendon, as you know, had, had high praise for Coach Lori Locust. All right, we're going to re- hit the reset button here at the 5 o'clock hour. We've got an update from Peter Schwartz and more of your calls coming up. Danielle
1: McCartan, Sports Radio
2: Welcome back to McCartan in the morning here on the morning of Super Bowl Fifty Five. We've been having a great discussion about Super Bowl traditions, you know, uh, and, and we're about to break down this game for sure. And I'm about to give you my pick. I've been breadcrumbing you all along, all in, all night. I, I think you might have been able to figure out who I'm rooting for. I've also got some prop bets for you in our final hour. Of course, your phone calls we are we are jam packed, so just be patient there, everybody. Uh, I, I will obviously get to you, get your time. And for those of you guys calling in, please be patient on the phone lines. Uh, it's been a busy night. We've talked also um, Trevor Bauer is not in New York Met. For me, that, that that's a total bullet dodged if you are a Met fan. If, I, if you're a Met fan, you should be happy that you are not paying a guy who, if you take out his Cy Young season, and if you take out uh, the year, I think it was 2018 where he had, he had a really good year. Yeah, 2018. His cumulative average ERA for the rest of his seasons in the N- in the MLB 4.48. Can you imagine if he pitches to that with that contract, 40 million dollars this year in New York City to a 4.48 ERA or even Baseball Reference is projecting him to pitch to a 3.62 ERA in 2021? Add in, mix in his inability to hold back on social media. Nah, not a match. Keep it moving. And I told you last week, I told you this. I said, keep in mind that Trevor Bauer is from North Hollywood and he went to college at UCLA, which is not that far. So he seems a little bit like a homebody. So yeah, he ends up being a dodger and the Mets dodged a bullet. So the Mets have about $28.5 million left under the luxury tax but you know what the silver lining is? I told you guys this in the open around two, in the 2 o'clock hour. The silver lining for Mets fans is this, that based on the offer that the Mets were going to give him, and it was going to be $40 million in 2021 as well, it was going to match the Dodgers in 2021, the fact that they were going to exceed the luxury tax threshold in order to go out and get him, that is a silver lining if you are a Mets fan. And that is good news if you are Jackie Pradley Jr. as well. Um, who, I think the Mets, it, it's a need. Centerfield is a need. I told you, and I've told you from the beginning here on The Fan, that Trevor Bauer, I, I borrow a, a phrase from my dad, he always says, do you need it or do you want it? Always. Trevor Bauer was, for me, always a want for the Mets. I know other people don't think so, but he was a, a want. He wasn't a necessity, he was a want. He, he was a desire the Mets. The Mets need, need a center fielder and they should really look to upgrade at third base too because J.D. Davis is not going to be able to hold down third base. Nah, I don't think so. Um, But I digress. It is Super Bowl Sunday. We had on a awesome segment and that Nick has already put up on demand, but don't listen to it now. You got to wait till 6 o'clock. Go back at 6 o'clock and listen to it. Uh, It was a beatboxing Super Bowl edition of beatboxing uh, and that was between TJ Reeves of the Bucks Radio Network, and that was his opponent was Alex Gold from 610 Sports Radio AM in Kansas City, the flagship station of the Chiefs. So that was uh that was at 340. We were just joined. Um I gotta tell you, Steve McClendon, if you're a Bucks fan, Steve McClendon did not wake up at 440 to join us here on the fan. That we I did pre-tape that. Um but at four forty, Steve McClendon gave an excellent, awesome interview. McClendon, don't forget, started the season with the Winless. I think they were 0-6 or 0-7 at the time that he was traded in October and uh, with the winless New York Jets. And now he's playing in the Super Bowl as an undrafted player, totally um, motivational. I mean, the takeaway, motivational guy. You want to play for him. You want to root for him. And you know what I'm going to be especially looking for in that? I'm going to be especially looking for if he gets his hands on Patrick Mahomes and brings him down what his sack dance is going to be. He said he has one. He told us he had one, but he wasn't going to tell us what it was. Um, so, yeah, just just really good from Steve McLennan. Good stuff, great stuff. I appreciate the time, and I appreciate the time from TJ Reeves as well and from Alex Gold as well. Um, and I've been teasing it. You know what? Let's just do it. Let's do it. So, <laughs> all right. I'll go with, I'll do it this way. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm ready to give you my pick. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their key to victory is going to be this. The Bucs defense, this is how I always do this. You guys know this. Keys to victory. Bucs defense in 2020 was top 10 in yards given up per game, top 10 in points given up per game, and turnovers per game. Best. Top 10 best, right? Also, a little nugget I found scrolling the internet that you guys might like There have been 13 defensive touchdowns in the last 20 Super Bowls. Guess what? Tampa Bay's defense is top five in turnovers forced in the league this year. I think the Bucs are going to come away with one. I think the defense is going to make a huge play. And hopefully, hopefully, it's Steve McClendon. Because when you throw in a potential domination against the Chiefs' Super Bowl ragtag offensive line, and I'm going to use the word ragtag there, Whatever Tampa Bay does has got to be generated by the front four because Mahomes versus the Blitz, he's, he's the best quarterback against the Blitz according to Pro Football Focus. He's got a grade of 91.1 against the Blitz. Patrick Mahomes, that is. He's got against the, against the Blitz, 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 134.2 rating, which is also best in the league. Good news for the Bucs, though. Even though Todd Bowles sends the house 38 percent of the time, fifth most in the league, I would point to a defensive evolution. Their five sacks against the Packers in the NFC Championship games was without a blitz package. So they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times with just the the, the rush from their front, their defensive line. That was it. Edin against Rodgers eight quarterback hits. He's one of the best protected quarterbacks in the league. Now, Mahomes is going to always have to know where JPP is because he's Tampa Bay sack leader, nine-and-a-half sacks, that is. And also, the Bucks can bring it. They were tied fourth this season in sacks and tied for second this season in quarterback hits. So this is going to be won and lost in the trenches right here, as we were just talking about. And what is the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line going to look like anyway? I had to use a lot of crossouts in coming up with this. Left tackle is going to be Mike Remmers, and he's going to be the one to watch. Left tackle. Von Miller wrecked him when Mike Remmers was a Panther in Super Bowl 50. To the point of Von Miller was the MVP of Super Bowl 50 because he was going against Mike Remmers. <laughs> right? And now Remmers is replacing a guy who only allowed one quarterback pressure in the playoffs, and that guy was Eric Fisher. Left guard, you got... Same, Nick Allegretti, center, Austin Ryder, who is a very exceptional, very exceptionally good center. Right guard, Steven Wisniewski. They are not worried about him. But then there's another concern at right tackle, Andrew Wiley. He's like, uh, he's, uh, I would say, uh, maybe their second or even third string guy there. I have to look uh, back. But the problem is there is a lack of depth on this and cohesiveness, you know. They're kind of ragtagging it. They're kind of... Uh, Inputting pieces here and there and hoping it works. And when you got Patrick Mahomes behind you, playing behind you, you know, it's a good chance that it, it might work. I don't want to hear about Mitchell Schwartz. He hasn't played since week six. Kolechio Semley, if anybody brings him up, tell them that he hasn't played since week five. The big one, again, is Eric Fisher, who ruptured his Achilles tendon in the AFC championship game, which is, what, two weeks ago? And now you got Mike Remmers, who Von Miller absolutely destroyed in Super Bowl 50. That is going to be, more specifically, rather than just trench versus trench, that is going to be the matchup to watch. Mike Remmers and whoever lines up opposite him, which I'm going to guess it's going to be JPP. That's my big guess. That's a guess. So for the Kansas City Chiefs now to win the game, you've got Patrick Mahomes coming off an AFC championship game versus the Buffalo Bills, where he threw for 325 yards and three touchdowns with a 100 round roundup, 128 rating. That's some video game stuff. And we talked about earlier tonight how uh, EA Sports, the Madden franchise, they ran the simulation. They've been right uh, five times out of the last nine. And they even nailed the score of the uh, Patriots and Seahawks Super Bowl. Two, they nailed the score, 28-24. So if you believe in, you know, the, the – uh, artificial intelligence of video games. You would maybe want to believe in the fact that they are predicting that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the score that that video game had, I'm trying to find, I think it was 27, 27 uh, uh, The Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 37-27 is what Madden said And they said that uh, Mahomes scored the go-ahead touchdown with a 12-yard touchdown run. By the way, I have sevens in my pool, so that would be great. Uh, Tacked on an extra field goal. And they also predicted that Mahomes is going to take home his second consecutive MVP award. Now, they predicted correctly last year that the Chiefs were going to beat the 49ers and that Mahomes was going to be the MVP. So if you are a Chiefs fan right now, you might be getting a little bit excited. You know... Also in the AFC Championship game, we brought up this before too, that underhand touchdown pass, a literally underhand touchdown pass to, to Travis Kelsey. Amazing. So the key is Patrick Mahomes must get the ball out fast. You've been hearing it all week. Not only that, he's going to have to beat the Bucks on the pass. I, we talked, one of the first callers of the night asked about the running game. I don't. I don't see it. I don't think they're going to be able to generate really anything on the ground. And when you look at the Tampa Bay defense, you look at, their defensive line, stellar. You look at their second level of like linebackers, good. And when you go to the third level of their defense, really average. They allowed uh, a 94 passer rating, actually, in fact, and were ranked 21st in the league in passing yards per game. But somehow they were tied for seventh in the league for interceptions. I guess right place, right time. But So if I'm Kansas City, here's what I'm doing. I'm targeting the weakest link. Weakest link on the Bucks defense until he can prove that he can hang with us. And that is Sean Murphy bunting. This guy, I mean, maybe I can get out there and play better than him. He's allowed a passer rating of 126 when targeted. That's a lot. <laughs> and the sixth most yards of any defender this year. So um, I think that's what happened in week 12 when Tyreek Hill torched the Bucks defense. And Tyreek Hill told you himself in that post game that day that what they did was they they adjusted and they had Carlton Davis. Uh, he he said they put Carlton Davis on me, slowing me down, and then they brought the safety over the top a bit to double me and Travis Kelsey. That kind of slowed us down a lot. Plus their front seven is tremendous. So after starting with. Uh, the first quarter, 203 yards and two touchdowns. After that adjustment, he was held to just 66 yards and a touchdown, which is, I say just, but Tyree Kill is explosive, right? And and just holding him to 66 yards over the, the next three quarters with one touchdown, I think the Bucks will be able to absorb that if that is the game plan moving forward. So you got to look for Carlton Davis to pick up the slack. He leads the team in interceptions. I told you my X factor of the game was going to be Steve Spagnolo who is now the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs he just happens to be the same guy who was the defensive coordinator of the Giants you guys know it when they when they handed the Patriots one giant loss in that 2017 2007 excuse me regular season 28 uh, 2008 playoffs so the only New England loss that was that came in it was that season was in Super Bowl 42 and Spaniola's defense tallied up five 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 sacks on Tom Brady if you're a Jet fan, you know too. The way to beat Tom Brady is if you sack him. So the question is, is the Chiefs defense as talented as the Giants defense? Was that year? We'll see later today. I'm going to go with no. Also something that is like oft forgotten, who has the better kicker? Like this, this point spread on this game is three points, which tells me this might come down to a field goal. So which team, this doesn't really get talked about, which team has the better kicker? I also looked at this. Kansas City, uh, I'm going to go with them. Harrison Bucker, he's got a 90 round up, 93% field goal percentage as compared to Tampa Bay's Ryan Suckup's 90. Bucker has hit this year from 58 yards. Suckup, 50. So advantage Bucker on, on two things so far. Suckup is better at kicking extra points by about three percentage points. And where they both struggle is in that 40 to 49-yard range. Bucker more so, actually. So that is going to be interesting. If What if it comes down to a Bucker 45-yard field goal to win the game? Well, this season he's only hit on 60% of those in that range. So not the best. Or what if it comes down to a Ryan Suckup field goal? In that same range, he hits it 77% of the time but he's 50-50 from beyond 50 this year. Prediction time. On March 17th at 9.02 p.m., at plus 2,200 odds, I made a bet. I actually made three bets because I didn't think the first one went through, so I pressed the button two more times. And then I woke up and I looked and I saw, oh, my God, I just bet $35 on the Tampa Bay Bucks to win the Super Bowl on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not taking, I could have cashed out two of them and left the one. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm just, this is destiny. This is meant to be. So if the Buccaneers win, I win $770. I'm going to start paying down some student loans with that. That's big money on a $35 bet. That's huge. All things considered, all the research I've done, I am really willing, willing the Bucs to win this game. Now, I willed the Bills to win against the Chiefs, and that didn't work. I'm hoping I got a different outcome this time. I'm willing the Bucs to win this game. I'm going with a final score. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30. Kansas City Chiefs, 28. MVP of the game, believe it or not, it's not going to be Tom Brady. I believe... Because of Mike Remmers, it's gonna be Jason Pierre-Paul. That's what I think, and I actually put some money on that too. So uh, after the break, maybe we can, I can give you all my my prop bets that I made, just in case you're curious. I know a lot of you guys like to like to. I don't want to say copy off me because you know in school, you know, I always put my folders up so no one copied off of me. But uh, you know, I, I like to give you guys advice. I, I you know I put my money where my mouth is, and if you guys like to follow, that's fine. So I'll give you my bets, my prop bets, and everything. But I'm going Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30, Kansas City Chiefs 28. In Super Bowl 55. And you know what? I just hope the MVP is not Tyreek Hill for obvious reasons. So we'll hit the calls after this quick little pause. 877-337-6666. This is The weekend. Well, we are on The weekend, but this singer is The weekend. And if you're unfamiliar with him, get familiar with him. I've been playing the music all night between him, Eric Church, Jasmine Sullivan. This is, you know what? I think this is the song he's going to open the halftime show with. This is it. Everybody knows this song, right? And if you don't, now you know. Now you know. You, you're you're accustomed to it. So we've been playing Super Bowl music throughout. Nick had me laughing on on the commercial break. Nick, what what did you just tell me?
7: No, I was saying it's funny how you mentioned that um, you would put your folders up so people wouldn't cheat off of you. Yeah. And I said I I hated people like you because I was the one <laughs> trying to see what you were writing whenever uh, we have tests and stuff. So. <laughs> oh, that made
2: me laugh. Yeah, yeah I, was I was
7: funny.
2: I was the one I you know couldn't cheat i don't want anybody cheating off me <laughs> no it, he was like i hated people like you <laughs> he had like such conviction behind
7: it <laughs> yeah i kind of lost the moment there but yeah yeah you know, <laughs> it was oh, better man. in the moment
2: yeah it was it was very funny it made me laugh out loud all right let's go back to the phones we were a full Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. get aboard terry in is it uh, Aminia? terry is that right correct all right terry what do you got for me tonight well first of all Good morning to the
17: Imperatrice of the Overnight.
2: Oh, Imperatrice. I love it. That means empress. I love that. Thank you.
17: (laughs) Um, I think it's absolutely amazing. You teach Italian? Oh, yeah. At middle school? Mm Mm-hmm. Private? No, public. Really? I think that's absolutely marvelous. North
2: Jersey, baby.
17: (laughs) That's marvelous. (laughs) Go for it. Long may it happen. Um, Before I get to my point... You mentioned Lady Gaga.
2: Yeah. Did you hear her sing the
17: national anthem?
2: Yes. Oh, oh, at the inauguration, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I wasn't crazy about it, actually. I watched it, and... I'm a classical music person. Yeah. I've been in
17: classical music broadcasting mm-hmm. since 1965.
2: Mm-hmm.
17: I can think of some opera roles I'd like to give to her. Yeah,
2: right. Right. Just the fabulous natural voice. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the inauguration performance. I'll be honest with you, but I've seen her in concert, and she's absolutely amazing. I'm just, I thought, I
17: just was bowled over by the quality of the voice yes. and the vocal technique.
2: Yep. And once you strip down all the extra, you really get to see it and appreciate it. So yeah, I, I okay. could, I could see her doing opera, especially I, since I, she's Italian. You know a, that,
17: right? I have a whole list of roles for her. Yeah. Beginning with Leonora <laughs> and Beethoven's Fidelio. She'd be fabulous.
2: At yeah, it. I, I almost want to say, like, uh, she's got to do something Italian, though. Well, that
17: also, I mean, can you imagine her
2: in La Traviata? Yeah, she'd be amazing. She would be amazing. Lady Gaga, if you're listening, because you're from around here, and her dad is from around here in New York yeah. City, where we are. I didn't
17: realize yeah, that. Give us a call. <laughs> she and I share
2: a mutual friend, <gasps> the pop singer, European pop singer Mika, who's. I know that name. M-I-K-A, right? Correct. Yeah, I know that name. Wonderful kid, wonderful singer, except he's not a kid anymore, (laughs) but whatever. All right, so what do you got for me
17: tonight? What I've got for you is I have a nickname for Bauer. What is it? Troller. Troller. (laughs) Troller Bauer.
2: Never again will I call him Trevor Bauer. Oh, I like it. I get it now. I was like, wait, what? Oh, Troller Bauer. That's like Adam Guru. I love it. Terry, can I use that? I'm going to give you credit every time I say Please I'm going to give you credit. Do.
17: Yeah. Please use it. Please pass it on. Yeah. Credit is not the point. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's thought of it. Yeah, troll like I am it. so relieved that the Mets dodged that bullet. Mm-hmm. For I'm with you. many of the reasons that you mentioned, namely, what are you going to pay to Grom? Yep. That's, I mean, Stephen Cohen may be richer than God. But he's not a fool when it comes to spending his money.
2: Well, he said he wasn't going to spend like a drunken sailor, and at $40 million, that would be drunken sailor territory for sure. Absolutely. Yep. And I think uh,
17: they realized that they were being manipulated Yes. and just went with it because they knew that they were going to lose.
2: Yep, I agree with you.
17: And I really do hope that the Dodgers end up holding the bag, as the expression goes.
2: Yeah, I, and the Dodgers are in the worst now, as of right now. I'm sure they can make more moves, but as of right now, they are in the worst uh, position in terms of the luxury cap threshold. They are worse than I the just, entire league. You've just answered my
17: question. Yep. I was wondering
2: yep. how high their luxury tax obligations are going to be. It's a lot. I think I'm, I'm not looking at it right in front of me. I think they're like $29 million over right oh, now. God. That's a lot. <laughs>
17: That's a lot That's a lot of money, and I mean, I don't wish them ill, but I think their season is going to be something of a disaster.
2: Yeah, I agree. So yeah. anyway,
17: you have a great week, and I just wish you were on more frequently.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Maybe one day, Terry, we'll get there. Look
17: forward to it. <laughs> Take care, my dear. All right,
2: talk to you next week. I appreciate it. Uh, and by the way, I did post a, a poll on Twitter earlier Saturday morning, and I said, uh, "Now that Mets fans, now that you've had a night to sleep on it, how you feeling about Bauer's decision to choose the Dodgers?" I gave you three choices: heartbroken, annoyed, and relieved. And Terry said the word relieved. Fifty six percent of you guys that was the majority v- voted relieved. Forty one percent of you guys said annoyed. And who are the three of you guys? Three percent of you guys that said heartbroken. I, I want to talk to you tonight eight seven seven. Three three seven sixty six sixty six. Steve in North Carolina, you're up next. What's going on, Danielle? Thanks for hanging on there, Steve. Appreciate it. Hey, it was great talking to you Monday on our
21: nation sports show about the Super Bowl and stuff.
2: Yeah. Oh, hey, what's going on?
21: What's going on? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Before I get to my predictions about this game, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with those three percent of those Mets fans. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> what is wrong with you? You should be relieved that this guy. As this other guy called him, Troller yeah. is not gonna be on your team because he would be a cancer to the locker room.
2: I agree with you, and it would upset the Apple Cart and the Mets. The Mets got a good thing going in there. And I, I think it would also the intangibles uh would, would upset the Apple Cart. I, I believe that. You're right.
21: Yes. Uh, and on to the big game. And this game was so hard to predict on our first uh live show on YouTube on our nation sports show Uh, we were talking about the game, and we were like, okay, so they came to me first, and they're like, oh, you're going to go to me first, huh? (laughs) You're going to make me the guinea pig. So I got to talking about it to the guys on the show, and I was like, well, if Brady was not in the game, I'm rolling the dice on Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes is so good Mm -hmm. with that offense and the weapons that they have. My biggest concern for Tampa Bay in this game is their secondary, because like yes. you said, their yep. secondary is the weakest link of their team. Yep. I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to have 200 plus yards again. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have at least a hundred, but he's not going to have the yards that he had because I think Teva Bay is going to have a better game plan at scouting against Hill. Well, you saw it, they are, so. they already
2: made the adjustment in the second quarter of that game, second, third and fourth quarter. Correct.
21: Right. Correct. Uh but the biggest problem you got to worry about is Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Because if you take away Hill, then you got to go to Kelsey. Right. And he's another problem they got to deal with. Right. Um, we were also talking about in the game how um, the biggest concern for both teams, not really with Mahomes, but, but kind of yes, because of the banged up Bob of line, but especially Brady. My biggest concern for Tampa Bay and Kansas City. But mainly Tampa Bay with Brady it is if they get in that second and long or that third and long situation because Brady has been known when he gets pressured he just throws it up and there's been times he's thrown some ugly balls and they've been interceptions. Yeah, you're right. All right, who, Steve, one. who are
2: you picking? Give me give me your final final bottom line pick here. All right, I'm gonna go Tampa Bay mm-hmm. thirty four. Thirty-one. All right, we're similar. I like it. Thirty-four, thirty-one. Yes. I had thirty twenty-eight. I believe is what I had. Yeah.
21: And uh, you told us the prop bet, uh, the bet that you had for the for the for the money. For your sake, I hope you win it because that is a heck of a lot of money. I know that is a lot, isn't <laughs> and, it? And and, and and before you let me go, I just want to say it was my first time checking out your program. You do an excellent job, and I hope you're on more days. Uh, Sometimes, then, because you do a phenomenal job and keep up
2: the great work. Uh Steve, thank you so much. And, and earlier, and you, and you called. So earlier in the week, I did a, a podcast with him. He, he they got and he invited me on their podcast. And I did it, and I implored them to call. And, and Steve, you did it. So awesome! Thanks, thanks for calling in. Thanks for checking it out. Okay, Paul in Floral Park, you're up next, Paul. how are
25: you doing, y'all? I'm good. Paul. right, Paul. i will go real fast. All, All right. right,
13: good, then. good to talk to you. Because I know you got to, other people That's ahead. Okay, Paul, take your uh, time. Me,
25: yeah. Give me uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. Okay. Thirty-seven thirty-one. Thirty-seven thirty-one.
2: Okay. okay, you're going beyond the okay. spread there. All right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tom Brady, bad, man. <laughs> 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 Don't I bet know. against the goat. <laughs> Yeah,
11: yeah. Yeah,
2: You yeah, yeah,
11: I watch too much ESPN. I don't,
2: I don't. Uh, don't say that's a curse. <laughs> I'm going to dump you on that curse word over there. ESPN oh, you no. said. <laughs> oh. All right, Paul. Thanks. You're going. All right. You all got. All right. It. Thank you, Kenya. Okay. I'll let you go.
25: All right, guys. Ready right.
2: He's going. Paul, he's he always brings it. Paul always brings it. He's usually about hockey. He brings it about the his Islanders. He loves the Islanders. Stay safe out there, Paul. I know he's working right now. Uh, all right, you're going Tampa Bay. I was trying to keep a tally, I, honestly, early on in the night. I was trying to keep a tally of who's picking what, just the listeners that call in. Um, and I, I might have missed a few here, but we're going. That just tied it up. So we, we actually, we're split here so far, the callers that have been calling in. Just, to, you know, with my pen and paper here, I've got four callers wanting Kansas City to win or thinking Kansas City is going to win and four callers wishing Tampa Bay to win. And I'd be the tiebreaker. I'd be five. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we got time. Tom in North Brunswick. You are on the fan.
26: Uh, good morning, Danielle. How, how's it going?
2: I'm good. How are you?
26: I'm doing good. Um, well, happy Puppy Bowl Day. Oh,
2: the puppy. <laughs> my mom loves the Puppy Bowl. You're right. We have to tune in. <laughs> yes, we two. will be watching that as well. Talk and my dog will o'clock love o'clock
26: it. Yes. Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart have the tailgate party. Oh, my
2: God. Do they? All right. I'm going to skip that part. <laughs>
26: I'm sorry. I'm- <laughs> You know, for uh, you know, I don't like uh, well, not that I don't like Tom Brady, but I'm, I'm a Jets fan. But mm-hmm. uh, for your sake, Daniel, I hope Tampa Bay wins. Me too. For my sake, I hope the Mets win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like Daniel, uh not Daniel, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, his father, pitched for the Mets, but yep. I, I don't really have a dog in the fight. Yeah. Uh, real quick uh, on the, on uh, the troller Terry, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> good,
1: good you know,
26: name. I I understand they had to play. You know, they played the Mets and the Dodgers against each other to get more money. But I thought it was very very. Uh, it, it was disrespectful to to, to trick to mess up, mess around with us Mets fans. You know, I mean, you know, he's, he he on his uh, on Twitter and uh, on his uh, YouTube channel, he was signing Mets gear. Yes. He was saying, "I'm coming to New York." Yes. And, you know, a lot of Mets fans and uh, were you were excited. I his, one thing I agree with you. It's a I think it's a blessing in disguise because I don't think his personality would have fit too well. And, and as you said, the Mets uh, clubhouse is 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 great right now, and mm-hmm. there was potential there for him to get you know to have a problem. I I'm, actually I'm glad. Go to La La Land. And I hope he uh, falls flat on his face, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, oh, I definitely, Tom, I I know what you mean there, Tom, and and thanks for the call. And, you know, okay, we talked about building a brand as an athlete and stuff like that. You watch, I, I assume you watch the video. I watched it. A caller before earlier, Kevin from Camden watched it. This decision video, right? It's a cinematic feature. It's pretty good, actually, I'll be honest with you. It's two minutes and 27 seconds in length, and it's called My New Home. Okay, when I checked it had three hundred and seventy five thousand views. It was the number nine trending video on YouTube as of late Saturday. So, you know, I like a lot of the engaging stuff that he posts on social media when he questions, you know, the the rules and and everything. You know, I like that stuff. But he's very engaging. But that video, it was just it was just over the top. You know why I'm gonna tell you that it was over the top? Because it's like it's like he made it like a pitcher has never made a free agency decision ever before. I mean I was like laughing at it, like, "Oh my god, this has never been done before. A pitcher has never left in free agency and never picked a new team." I mean, get real. I think it was cheesy. And I think it, and Kevin brought it up too. It was the modern 2021 version of LeBron James's cheesy announcement that he was taking his talents to South Beach. Ridiculous, both of them. And guess what? More even more ridiculous, add in the fact that Trevor Bauer has an opt out after this year. I mean, please tell me that we do not have to endure this again the next place he decides he wants to go at the end of next season because I do think he's going to be opting out after that season. We talked about it. the Mets. They use the Mets to drive up the price from the Dodgers, blah, 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 blah. So actually, Mets fans, I asked on Twitter, hypothetically speaking, would you accept him to your team after, what in my opinion, he's going to opt out after the 21 season. Would you accept him on your team after that, provided that he – you know, is maybe gets another Cy Young or pitches to Cy Young Calera, which I don't think he will, um, and maybe another World Series title, maybe a World Series title. Would you take him onto your team? Maybe it was still, still uh, too soon, but 85% of Mets fans said, hell no. That was my choice. Hell no or yes, he's among the best. 85% of you guys picked hell no. Good for you. Good for you guys. I, I hope you bring that same fire this time next year. Let's see. Let's go to, in the order that you guys called, Marcel in Brooklyn, you're on the fan.
0: Hey, Danielle. Good morning, my friend. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, Happy my Super Bowl Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday at Coach McCartan on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My pick for the Super Bowl, it will be back-to-back defending championships. There's Kansas City Chiefs.
2: All right, I'm going to put a little tally mark for you. You have now tied it up 5-5. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tied it up at 5-5 apiece. That's the very good news, but also has some good news, too, in the basketball industry. You ready for this? Ready. The New York Knickerbockers, better known as the New York Knicks or Gotham City Knicks. Hmm. You know it? Gotham City Knicks beating the Portland Trailblazers 110-99 yesterday at the Garden. R.J. Barrett scores 18 points on 8-14 shooting. All right, Marcel, we got it, we got
2: it. We can look at the, the box score.
0: Yeah, I just... I'm just looking on my Twitter, and yes, at NBA for the final score thread. Also, Randall's got 22 points. Same with Peyton. Burke's got 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 3 pms. And Damian Lillard's got 29 points, 9 assists, and 6 3 pms.
2: Well, thank you for that, Marcel. Thank you for the reading of the box score. I very much appreciate that. Uh, maybe we can underscore that with the fact that um, Julius Randall is having an all-star season no news on the Derek, uh, on on the on the Rose front here, uh, any sort of trades that the Knicks are making. We thought we were going to have uh, some breaking news tonight, and I guess not yet anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, we are up against a quick little break here. You guys, get aboard. This is your last chance to get aboard, 877-337-6666 is the phone number. I am Danielle McCartan with you on Super Bowl Sunday for another 20 minutes on the fan in New York City.
3: Hey, what's going on? It's the Moose coming up Monday after Boomer and Geo at 10 a.m. It's Moose and Maggie right here on the fan reacting to Super Bowl 55, the final football Monday of the year, Maggie.
4: Yeah. Plus, what is next in the quarterback carousel in the NFL and how will it affect the Jets? We have it all for you on Sports Radio 1019 FM and Radio.com. We start at 10 a.m. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. This is Springsteen by Eric Church. And why are we playing that? Because Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan will be singing the national anthem. By the way, I love this song. So if you guys are, are planning to do a, uh, a prop bet, some guy in Tampa Bay uh, as part of the, the radio, uh, no, the TV network down there in Central Florida, stood outside the stadium as they were um, rehearsing. And he timed it, he clocked it in at 2 minutes and 16 sec or 15 seconds, exactly. So take the over- or take the under I should say on that um just want to tell you guys I could tweet out the rest because I do want to get to the rest of your calls here you guys um just my MVP picks I don't really like going with the the obvious guys like you know so I I do I just to keep it interesting in case it is a blowout one way or another I actually did pick one or a couple for each um I felt like going big or going home so I put my big ten dollar bet if the Chiefs win I picked Travis Kelsey ten dollars to win 150. Uh, for the Bucks, if you listen carefully when he was being interviewed in the NFC Championship post game after, like, the four questions that were about him, he didn't want to make it all about him. He asked for someone else to be spotlighted. He passed it on to his teammates. So that was significant to me in making these picks. So I picked Rob Gronkowski, $10, at 8500 to win 850 He was coming out of retirement. He's joining Brady in his 10th NFL season. He's looking for his fourth Super Bowl ring. And he's never won the MVP, Super Bowl MVP award. So $10 on Gronk. I put $10 on Jason and Pierre-Paul. Context was that Von Miller-Remmer's uh, battle in Super Bowl 50. Um, and he Von Miller, by the way, was the most recent defensive player to win the award in that in that Super Bowl 50. So Pierre-Paul, I had $10 to win 800. Leonard Fournette, I put 5 to win 150 just because. And you know, wait, one more thing. I saw a really crazy one, a really silly one. What will happen first, sack or a touchdown? I put one dollar on a sack to win a dollar fifty. <laughs> All right, so let's quickly, quickly get through these. Uh is your last chance. 877-337-6666. three three seven sixty six sixty six. It's been a great show tonight. Jeff in Fairview, what is up this week?
27: Daniel, happy Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, you too, Jeff. And easy Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's the Pat Boyle special, yep. <laughs>
27: yeah. All right. I like the Chiefs thirty one twenty three. Okay. But they can't get down. If they get down, it'd be, they're going to be in a little trouble. Mm-hmm. I can't see them, you know, coming back because, you know, Kevin Bader, defense. But now I am a Jeff fan, and I hate check big time.
2: <laughs> yeah.
27: And I respect Brady. He's the goat. I know he is. Yes.
2: I don't I'm like him either. You. Yep, I know. I, I get you. I got but, it.
27: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see if if Brady does win. I want to see Bill Belichick's face. Oh
2: yeah, we should have a live stream of Bill Belichick. See what happens.
27: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what's Kraft saying to him? How could he say he can't play anymore? I mean, Uh what kind of scout? I thought this guy was this great scouter. How could you? Brady's gonna go when he's gonna go. You can't tell Brady. That's how good he is. Yeah, I know. So that was a huge mistake. Which I'm glad he made because he's in my division.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I got you. Glad he's in Tampa, right? Excuse me? Um, you're glad he's in Tampa, right?
27: Yeah. Yeah. So, I know. Big time at, at our conference, too. You're a fan, also. Yeah. Now, uh, can I talk about the Mets a little, or got to go? Uh,
2: if you keep it real short, yes.
27: All right. Steve Cohen, they did a great job. Great offseason. You know, I don't want to hear say they underachieved.
2: I know. I know. A lot, people a lot of people are saying that. Players. ridiculous. I know. Their, te- yeah. their team is going to look completely different than it did last year, for sure.
27: And Yeah. And the Mets, they bombed Bauer uh, this year. They hit him pretty good. All the left-hand batters in that lineup. Mets and uh, Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. Mets winning going for the World Series.
2: Oh, Mets <laughs> in the World Series. Jeff, thanks for the call. And I love how you brought up their numbers against him because I do have that as well. Mets against Bauer hit 235 um, with two home runs. So not, not great. The Yankees actually hit better against him, actually. Um, but hey, whatever. So you're you're pick, You know, I I actually I think that's how it's going to go too. I'm with you, Jeff. Uh, how this is going to end up. All right. So if the rest of you guys on hold can keep, just kind of keep it to one thing, that would be great. Sparky in Dobbs Ferry, you're on the fan. Oh, how's everything? What's Coach?
14: up, Sparky? How are you? Okay. Um, as far as Bell goes, the Mets won big time in a few ways. One thing, just. Just the idea that they were willing to spend that kind of money sends a good message to potential free agents, okay? Yeah. And and as far as Bauer himself, the what happened with him in Cleveland, I mean, is a, red, a major red flag, is when you can wear out your welcome with Tito Francona, mm-hmm. who comes across as the ultimate players' manager, Yeah. okay? Yeah. And... um and and as far as him, he's just one of those guys that would not be cut out to pitch in New York. Because in my mind, once he gets criticism, I think you're seeing the second version of Sonny Gray.
2: Yeah, you know, I, that's a good point of pointing out like the, the criticism of him. Because clearly, based on his Twitter feed, he really can't handle criticism. And guess what? If you're coming to New York, guess what? There's going to be plenty of it to go around. So La La Land is a little easier, I think, uh, on players, for sure. A little bit more forgiving, shall we say.
14: Okay, and... Now, as far as the Super Bowl, I got to agree with you, coach. I think you're going to do well with Tampa. Because I'm sorry, even though the thing that happened with Reed's son, okay, people will go, oh, you can block things out. Yeah, you can't, though. You can't block it. We talked earlier before.
2: It's it's not like any other coach. It's it's his son. It's family. Right. You
14: know, I mean, mean, the guy's a human being, not a robot.
1: Mm -hmm.
14: You know, and... As far as baseball, I can't wait. You know, I just got to feel you're going to see some good years out of two people in particular, Glibert Torres and the one that everybody likes to beat up, Gary Sanchez. Because let's face it, do you have any kind of pride in yourself as a player? When you hit 130, you've got to be mad at the world and come in with a fired-up attitude.
2: Well, yeah, and Sparky, thanks for the call. And we could talk more about, uh, I, I, you know, I have like a little bit, not inside information, but I have a little bit of, of an interesting analytic take on Gary Sanchez and... and- Possibly his rebound. So we, we can save that for next week because, you know, it takes longer than, you know, the few minutes we have left here to you guys. But, yes, for sure that is absolutely something we can hit next week. Gary Sanchez having a rebound year, possibly, maybe not. But we'll save that for next week. Okay, guys? John in Freehold. You're on the fan.
12: Hey, good morning, Daniela. How are you today? I'm good.
2: How are you? Good,
12: good. Daniela, could you please explain to me why the New York Knicks would be looking to reunite with Derrick Rose? I mean, they've done such a great job stockpiling picks, yeah. And, and doing well with this past year's draft and being patient and not making the quick fix move for the guy that's got an injury history right. and that's over the hill. And it seems like they're going right back to where they were before. I, I just don't understand it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not giving up any draft picks right. or any kind of talent that has any type of potential for Derek Rose. It makes absolutely positively no sense
2: at all. Yeah, and John, I, when I saw that come through, and I totally agree with you there, the only thing I could like think of is why they would maybe want him is because they are at, I think I saw, 29th in the league in scoring, so they would maybe use him for scoring. That was a great question. Uh, maybe, but although he's not a prolific scorer either, so... What I'm thinking and maybe possibly what they could do is they could use him in the second rotation, the second shift, in order to get Emmanuel quickly more playing time with the first group, with the first rotation there. That would be it for me. That would be the extent of it for me, and uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't know, um, but uh, like you said, you're not giving up. I would not give up any draft picks. I'd be interested in Derrick Rose, but I would like to see, like, like Tyone, when we had the breaking news later uh, that night, Saturday night, I'm okay with it, but I'd like to see what they'd be giving up to get him. I'd be okay with it. But, again, no draft picks. Like you said, they're finally doing it the right way, and we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but if it means giving quickly more playing time, I'm all for it. Eddie, real quick, in Massapequa Park, you're on the fan. Oh, he hung up by accident. Oh, I heard the phone rattling, too, and then he then he hung up. Oh, all right, let's go. Chris in Newark, you're on the fan.
28: Hey, uh, first of all, my pick is Tampa Bay. Okay, let me team.
2: let me mark it down. Okay, we are tied up again, 6-6. All right,
28: real quick, like a weird thing. Like the Cardinals, I'm a Braves fan. Cardinals, well, last year the year before, got Paul Goldschmidt for hardly nothing. Mm-hmm. They got the third baseman for the Colorado Rockies for hardly nothing. Mm-hmm. And $50 million. The Mets fans all want to buy players. How are they not involved in that? And other teams yeah. where they could have gave that team players that were worth it. Rookies, let' it, it. Top fifty prospects, two times in a row they get star players. The Cardinals, and they don't give up nothing. I know. Meanwhile, these other teams are trying to buy. Yeah. And here you go. You have something open there, and this trade has been talking about for like a year or two already. I know. The Rockies got. It. I know. <laughs> and like it's weird, like how they got that, where the Mets could have used them, my team, the Braves could have used them. We would have gave way better than what they got. Plus, they got fifty million. It's kind of like it's weird. It's not a conspiracy thing. It's like, it's like the Cardinals GM has something on these other GMs. Oh,
2: but Chris. How
28: did you get these trades? It makes no
2: sense. <laughs> Chris, I know. And this is a question that I pondered out loud uh, last week on, on my show here that why couldn't the Mets do – I mean, we're here in New York, so and it's the Mets and Yankees audience here. So why couldn't – I know the Yankees couldn't do it, but why couldn't the Mets do it? I did ponder that out loud, and I questioned it. And the answer, I, I don't really have an answer. I don't. I don't know why the Mets couldn't do it. The only thing I could think of was maybe they weren't interested in, in Nolan Arenado. That would be the only thing, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe they know something that that I don't. I'm not sure, uh, but that would really be the only reason why that I think that they would not be in on it. And you're right that it that deal. I looked at that deal. I was like, wow, the the Cardinals uh, did pretty good on the, on that end of the deal. Yeah. So you know, I I, I always like to have answers, and this time. I, I just don't have an answer. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, good question. Because maybe we can ask... Uh, maybe one day I'll get the opportunity to ask Alderson some of these questions that you guys are asking me tonight. Okay, I think this might be it. Lenny in Fort Lauderdale, you are on the fan. Uh, oh, I made the final cut. You made it, Lenny. You're in. All
25: right. Loving the show. Um, Thank you. I'm going my, my pick.
2: All right, Tampa you're the tiebreaker.
25: Bay. Tampa Bay it is. Woo. Tampa Bay, so... So I want to see Belichick just be upset that Brady did it without him. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, my yeah. MVP I'm going Mike Evans. Oh, Mike, Mike Evans, Evans or Leonard Fournette.
2: Yeah, I got Fournette up there too. Why do you think Evans?
25: Uh, the guys, guys got a lot of. Didn't he break another record this year of Barry Rice's? And uh, I don't think a uh, wide receiver. I think he'll have a big game. He hasn't really had a breakout breakout game this year, and I think this is going to be the one.
2: What a time to do it, right? In Super Bowl I fifty-five. Think
25: so. Woo! I think so, all
2: right. Well, and I, I like the pick dis- of the bucks. Too much
25: distractions for KC, like you guys said.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Andy so.
25: Reid, father of the year. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, oh. I know. Well, you That's
25: can't bad luck with his kids. It's
2: a shame. Yeah, it's it's a disease, you know. And it's just- yeah, it's horrible. Yeah.
25: anyway, great show. I'll I'll tune in. I missed the beginning, so I'll be listening on the... uh, On the Rewind. On the Rewind. I love it. All right, Lenny, thanks. I love the little photos. Always cute. Adorable. (laughs) All right, appreciate it. All right, I love the show. Up and and coming (laughs) stars. Thanks. (laughs) end, baby.
2: Thank you. All right, Lenny, talk to you next week. Thanks. And since we have like an extra, I don't know, minute here, I'll give you some of the other prop bets I made outside the MVP. You guys know I always like doing uh, anytime touchdown score especially in a game like this with these two teams. I mean, there's going to be a ton of touchdowns. I think not in the first quarter though. Someone asked earlier how I think the play's going to the game's going to play out. It's going to be a slow first quarter, that's what I think. Um, I like to play the odds too. I don't really pick anyone in the 100 or the 200 range to be honest, but but I did for Kansas City. I did Patrick Mahomes rushing touchdown $3 at 270. Uh, Tampa Bay, they I told you before, I had that stat of in the past 20 Super Bowls, 13 times the defense has scored a touchdown, and I think that the um, the Bucks defense can do it because they are really good in, in generating interceptions. So I think they're gonna they're gonna score a touchdown. I put two dollars at 550 to win 11. And Scotty Miller, this is a wide receiver we didn't yet talk about. Scotty Miller, anytime touchdown score, and I did see an article uh, about him and how his fiance, who is a Rutgers. Rutgers uh, gymnast was throwing some balls to him in the meantime uh, while, while he was preparing to catch them from Tom Brady. So, very cool story on that. That was from Steve Politi in the uh, NJ.com, by the way. Alright, thank you guys, all the callers. It has been so good tonight. I could not have done this without you guys. Love coming here every week, talking with you guys. Special thank you again to Steve McClendon, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive lineman who joined us at 440 and my Super Bowl edition of beatboxing TJ Reeves from Tampa Bay, Ra- Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio Network. And Alex Gold, who co-hosted the Midday Show at 6.10 a.m. Sports Radio, Kansas City. Our sister station and the flagship home of the Chiefs. That was at 3.40. Why don't you just go ahead, like Lenny said, rewind only back to 2 a.m. Listen to the whole thing while you're at it. Great job to Nick tonight behind the glass. Peter Schwartz on the updates. Bob Salter's up next. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Tweet me at CoachMCCARTAN and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Let's go Bucks!
1: Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Trouble you went